Good morning, sports fans. Fill up that coffee cup and that bowl. Sit back and relax. Because live from Colorado, it's time for the Sports Offensive. Good morning out there, sports fans. Welcome to the next episode of the Sports Offensive. Uh, we are we were off last week. I'd like to say it was for the holiday, but actually I was moving last week, and so we were pretty much in a, in a state of chaos. But uh, we're back with you this morning, and uh, happy to have you joining us for the show. If my uh, family logs in from overseas, I want to say a special hello to them, although they're probably sleeping right now. Oh, no, I guess probably not that late. Um, but uh, I got some family over in Portugal visiting uh, where, like, my uh, ancestors came from. So um, hopefully they're all having a great time over there. It sure looks like a, like, like a nice uh, place to visit. Um, real quick, I do want to uh, remind everyone, if you can do us a huge favor, we'd like to get exposure. Uh, you can do that by going to Facebook and liking us. You can follow us on Twitter at both. We're under the handle at VSPT Offensive. We're also on Instagram. We're under the handle the Sports Offensive with underscores between the words. You can head to our station website at thesportsoffensive.com. If you go there, you can learn about us and our shows and listen to current and prior episodes of all of our shows, including you know, what you're on now, which is the Sports Offensive, our sci-fi podcast, The Alien Offensive, and our lacrosse show, uh, JoJo War Drummer Ways. Uh, you can catch us live via the Blog Talk radio player on our site, although I'm not sure that's the case this morning. Uh, check us out on demand at Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn, iHeart, Stitcher, and as an iTunes podcast. We'd like to thank our supporters, Idiot Cult T-Shirts, Health Guru, EK Fit, and the Space Savers at Operation Organize. You can find them and links to their personal sites on our site at, again, thesportsoffensive.com. We always love callers, so feel free to contact us at 929-477-3204. I've got uh, one of my co-hosts in live in studio today. Uh, Nate, thanks for driving up this morning. You look really well-rested. Did you go to sleep early last night? (laughs) Um, I did for me. <laughs> I typically don't go to bed till one thirty or so. Um, I think I got home from work about ten forty five and was in bed by midnight. So, okay. yeah, I, you just, you look really, um, oh. I'm trying to think of the right word. Uh, when your eyes look really like refreshed or whatever, mm-hmm. like you look really like you look, just look Energized. like you're really awake, I guess. Yeah. I'm just yeah. so happy to be here with you, man. <laughs> well, you know, I have that effect on people. It's always, <laughs> it's always a wonderful thing. Uh, and how was the trip up? Uh, it was good. It's real smooth. I noticed there was something going on on the other side of the interstate on 36 there. Uh, I don't know what it is they're doing. Oh, you didn't hear about that? No. There was a massive crack that opened in the middle lane and they actually shut 36 down yesterday wow. for like six hours on the way home. Like right when people were starting to drive home, the oh, whole man. thing shut down. And I don't even know. What a mess. Yeah, I don't know exactly what happened because I, I stayed all the way. You know, thankfully yeah. I don't have to get on 36 right now. Yeah. And uh, so I stayed completely away from the freeway. But I people were just kind of fretting about, you know, getting home. And people who work in Boulder, you know, trying yeah. to get to Denver. It's like, you know, there are other ways you can get to Denver. But, boy, it's not fun. Because, I know. I mean, I guess you could take like South Boulder Road or Arapahoe through or Federal, Lafayette, yeah. you know, drive down South South Public or whatever it is, you know, and then yeah. and then go down on 287 or yeah. or or get to the Mousetrap or not. I always call that the Mousetrap. I guess it's not really the Mousetrap. It's a different spot. I always think of the Mousetrap as where uh, 70 and two. Well, I guess it's like 270, 36, and 25 all kind of connect. Okay. Like we're, we're, like we're, we're, that could uh, be. I always thought the mousetrap was the one right by my house at Santa Fe. I, I think you're right. I yeah. think that is what that is. I, okay. I, I always confuse 
Anyway, I, I always thought that one was yeah. Solid. But anyway, yeah, that, that kind of that cluster area. Yeah, no, Pankos that's is, crazy, so. man. I hadn't heard about that. Um, that's going to be make for a fun drive home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, you should be able to avoid it because I believe it's on. It's not this way. I don't think, um, but maybe it is. I thought it was on between here and Boulder, not between here and and the I twenty five. Oh, it's between here and Denver. Oh man, yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe take Sheridan yeah. part of the way. <laughs> I don't know. I and think I, I will have to. And yeah. I, I'm guessing that they're not all. All the lanes aren't closed again because they said it was looks an like it's one lane. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, hey, they got that. They got that toll lane. Might as well open that baby up and yeah. say everybody gets to use it. You yeah. know, that stupid Australian company that built that road and is making us pay. So, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, looks like we've got JP on the line here. Let me bring him on. See if we can hear him. JP, can you hear us this morning? Ah, good morning, fellas. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> good. Man, your phone really does come on with an explosion. It's so weird because your phone doesn't right. do that all in. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an early morning. I think we were all a little tired this morning, although Nate doesn't look tired. But uh, <laughs> I'm exhausted. I've been moving since basically July 4th all the way through now i've got everything into my house now i'm assembling things uh we're at a brand new table here that i've i've got for my dining room and hopefully yeah. hopefully we'll, we'll see how good my craftsmanship is if my computer and the uh soundboard don't fall to the floor and shatter we'll assume that i did a good job <laughs> uh, this thing was freaking heavy yeah. i uh i mean a lot not all the parts were but just that one the part that has this this middle leaf yeah, here yeah sure and so this uh, this thing will shrink down to a four-person table so cool um but yeah very nice and uh, I'm i'm enjoying the new apartment uh, sounds like our internet must be staying, staying solidly connected, so everything good so far, but uh, I hope everything doesn't wig out. I forgot to put my uh, tape recorder on, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Uh, maybe I'll go over and grab it <laughs> at some Fingers point Fingers crossed, yeah. Um, and then, uh, anyway, uh, uh, there was something that happened just last night. Oh, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but they were doing the tribute to Tyler Skaggs yeah. for the Angels, mm-hmm. and they threw a no-hitter. Yeah. Yeah, a combined I mean, no hitter. Yeah, like eight, eight pitchers or something like that. But yeah. still, a no hitter on their day that they were honoring. And his mom Tyler. started the night off with a strike too. Did you see that? His mom pitched like open like ceremony. She's like first the uh, first opening pitch, and, and she, she threw a strike. She huh? fired it right in there, man. <laughs> it always, doesn't it always like it shock you when you see those people that like barely can even get it there. I yeah. mean, I don't have a strong arm, but yeah. you would think you'd be like, the only thing I don't want to do is throw it short. Right. Throw it over their head. Oh, you know what? I didn't know my own strength. Yeah. Throw it to the side. Hey, if I could throw on target, I'd be a major league pitcher. Yep. But if you throw it and it bounces, yeah. oh, that just, man, that would, I would, you know, I get more for a guy than a girl, but still for anybody, I would think that'd be kind of a, uh, yeah, yeah, for humiliating sure. Event. Well, I, I mean, typically that's why they put you about halfway between the mound and home that's plate. That's right. People don't usually go from the mound, do they? No, yeah. they don't. They don't, don't advise it. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody? Somebody's up there and they take a tumble as they're oh, if you go to YouTube, uh, there <laughs> are some wonderful, wonderful collections oh, of. Uh, First pitch openers. Oh, oh man, there are some really funny ones, but <laughs> we should pull those. We should actually post post one of them to our website. Yeah, if you, if, um, if you can remind me, I'll try I to. Uh, yeah, I'll get that, that is, on our site. That, that, is that would worth, be great. That is worth a watch. <laughs> well, everybody, uh, just so you know what we're looking to cover this morning. So we've got the Women's World Cup Championship. Uh, there's the Megan Rapone, uh, Rapinoe. Is it Rapinoe or Rapinoe or it's Rapinoe? Rapinoe. See, I've heard four different versions of it, two from commentators and two from sports analysts. And so I'm like, how, if they don't know what it is, I mean, I guess you could say we should know how to say it, right? But 
they kind of threw me off because I'd always heard Rapino when they were doing live matches. But that isn't the term that I heard um, from people that were like on sports replay show. Hmm. So, yeah, it's just it's, it's confusing. Yeah, but, um, I don't know why that happens. And then we also are going to cover the MLB All-Star game, which might have been, you know, is, even though I was not happy with who won, might have been the best All-Star game I've seen in quite it's a while. It's one of the best I've seen in a while. And yeah. uh, we've also got the latest NBA trade, which is a big deal. And then, of course, the NFL news on the eve of training camp. And if you're like us and you have a fantasy football dynasty league, you may have started your uh, fantasy draft already. We are doing our – obviously, this is just for rookies and or free agents uh, at this point in time. And, and then when that's done, uh, the roster has been expanded, and you have to cut your roster down over the next You can draft weeks. a free agent? You, you can draft anyone that's not, that's not taken on a team. So, but I mean, there's not very many free agents. I mean, you remember last year, how many waiver wire pickups there were. You were lucky if you found anything worth yeah, starting. That's true. Uh, we've got big, big rosters. So yeah. um, I've already taken my first pick and JP, you'll be happy to know. I took Josh Jacobs. I think that's his name. There you go. Uh, back and in Raiders, uh, Marshawn Lynch is retired. So Doug Martin is the backup there. There really is no competition. Jacobs should be the number, the first and second down back every series uh, or at least most series. And then maybe even some third downs. Uh, I could see Doug. No, I could see the muscle hamster with the resurgence. I'm not falling for that ever. I just wanted wanted to say (laughs) that guy's had so many promises and so many bad years Had that one really good first year. And then that one just out of the blue, great year. Yep. And other than that, the guy's been, you know, he reminds me of Jason Hayward in baseball. Mm Mm-hmm. Always touted, never produced. But it said that Hayward never had a great year. No. So, um, do you want to go ahead and read our uh, trivia question of the week? Yes, do you have it up there? I do have it pulled up here. Okay, sports offensive trivia question of the week. What are the most runs scored in a Major League Baseball All-Star game? The most runs scored. And I assume that's the most runs combined. Yeah, yeah so that's a good question. Um you know, the way things go sometimes around here with, with the All-Star game and the way they have to play people, you know, they don't have anybody left yeah. by the end of the game. And I, I, I don't like that. And I know, you know, and I know that now that it's back to being uh, a complete exhibition game, the, you can see the managers went out of their way to, to get, like, get everybody in, in there by like the seventh inning. You know, like make sure that you didn't even come close to not having everybody play. And what I thought was super sorry to interject a little. What I thought was super cool was uh, Joey Cora. Isn't he the manager for the Red Sox? Correct. Yeah. So he talked about, uh, you know, Mookie Betts was the only position player on both sides that didn't get an at bat. Mm. Now, he was able to play in the field. But Mookie, after the game, just awesome. He was like, you know. We wanted to make sure as a team that the first time All-Stars got to play. And he's like, that's what was important to everyone. And, you know, we got those guys out there. They all got not bad. He's like, it's, you know, he's like, this is cool to me, but I've been here before. And uh, getting that bat wasn't that important to me. And, you know, just kind of really just. I, no, he's a, class, he's a classy player. He is a classy he appreciates player. appreciates the, the point. history of the yeah. game. Right. And, uh, yeah, it was, I, I, you know, like I said, it was a great game. You know, uh, we're going to talk about this a little later, but it yes. was just it was a throwback game. Yeah. It was how baseball used to be yes. when we were kids. And, you know, not to be like super nostalgic, you know, yesteryear people, but, uh, you know, it is fun to see I, uh, them go back to that kind of play. If we have time to later, I'd love to dive into kind of some of the rule changes that they're trying out in the minor leagues. 
um, I saw some real interesting things. Um, they did one, you know, I'm not going to go into depth cause we have a lot to talk about, but, uh, they had one deal where they, you know, one league was going to have robotic umps. Oh, and, yeah. And so they had, they had some games already and basically they still have a human umpire, but he's got an earpiece and he basically just regurgitates oh. what he's told. So he just relays whatever the computer tells exactly. him. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I like so it. I thought that was really good. And I heard it was a super efficient game with no quirks. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, because now did they say how they determined what the strike zone was? Was it per batter or was it a, just a pure strike zone? I think it was per batter. Because that would be interesting. I guess they have to use lasers, I guess, to I, try and figure I it out. I guess. And so, you, so that, that, that I don't know. I, I, I'm guessing. That was a and guess. I really am not sure. From what I remember, the official strike is above the knee and below the armpit. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I guess the armpit or the mid-chest, I guess, kind of. Like okay. your, your nipples, I guess, kind of. <laughs> Seriously. I think that's what my dad always told me. No, that makes sense. Yeah, like right, right, right below your nipples and, yeah, down. And that's, that's about right because this is about as high as you want to swing yeah. to have an efficient contact. You can yeah. get a nice hit right here. Anything yeah. above that, now you're looking at, at popping it up a lot because right. it's you know, a little bit weaker. So, uh, but no, a great game overall. Uh, JP, did you have a – well, actually, you know, I'm sorry. We'll go into the all-star game here in a minute. Um, so I wanted to jump into uh, – we've got a couple things in the wild world sports. Uh, one thing that, you know, just happened this morning, I guess, and I didn't even see the score, but JP was texting it to us, uh, that, that Serena has already lost. Is that true, JP? She, she lost the Wimbledon Yeah, title she shot? lost 2-6-2-6 um, two, six, two, six, um, from that uh, – by that um, – uh, what was her name? Um, uh, gosh, I got the wrong screen open on my computer here. Halep. Halep or Halep? Yeah, it was Halep. And uh, I noticed Serena last week had some, uh, I think it was July, the morning of July 5th. Uh, I watched one of her matches kind of flipping back and forth channels with all the TVs on. And um, she was having a, a lot of trouble with an unranked foreign opponent. Uh, she actually, I believe she lost the first set. Then she picked it back up in the second set, but she was being taken to match points in all the sets and she didn't look right. And I did not see the match today. I, I did oversleep and, uh, but it came up right after, uh, after I heard you uh, text me and I woke up and uh, it came right on the screen and she looks like she got demolished. Yeah. Six, I did hear too. I, I did think. hear about how she didn't do so well uh, in that earlier match that JP's talking yeah. about. And, you know, I mean, now one of the things could be, she might just start be, be entering that age. I mean, it, that could be very premature. Let's not, what, let's not what jump onto she? that. How old is she? Is she 37? Is not, she that old? I'm to look her up. But she, 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 she's I mean, 37. She's 37 on the nose? I knew she was uh, 37. She, she's a little older than 30. Well, 37 and uh, I think a couple months. Yeah, that's yeah her birthday's in September. So okay. she'll still be 38 in September. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's certainly getting to that age. And... You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, Federer's kind of fallen back a tiny bit, but I mean, it doesn't mean that they can't still have great matches and still win. Yeah. She could still, I mean, could she still win some Grand Slam? She could still win twenty. I mean, yeah. she's in amazing shape and she's an incredible ball player. But yeah, they, I did see like there was that one. Um, I can't remember her name, but young New York uh, rookie. I think she's fifteen or sixteen. Oh, Coco. And, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, man. Can you imagine being that she, good at that age? I just. Man, I've I'm, I'm still never been courted in my whole life. She beat Venus in the first round. 
Oh, Venus is still playing. Yeah. I wondered about yeah. that because she had, a, she had a, a health problem. And I don't remember exactly what it was. Some kind of an autoimmune disorder, I think. Yeah. Uh, that she got, and she got like really sick for a while there, mm-hmm. and then she came back and played against her sister. Yeah. In a tournament, so that was kind of a big moment. And, yeah. But I didn't know if she was still playing. So at least yeah, it's good to hear she, she still is. plays. Yeah. I mean, she's still pretty good. Were they ever number one and number two in the world? Oh yeah, they were. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I know they played each other in, in Grand Slams a few yeah. times. Yeah. So. Um, but uh, c- congrats to the winners there, and I'm guessing I, I don't know who's in the men's. Do, do you know JP who plays in the men's final? Uh, you know I do not. I didn't see it. I think it's on right now, actually. Uh, let I me know just it, hit, uh, I know it's another link here. It's I know Djokovic. for sure it's Djokovic. I believe Federer beat Nadal. Uh, yes, Federer moved on to the yeah. finale. Yep, or final. Yeah, yeah. So he beat Nadal. So, so I yeah. Federer is great on grass, but Djokovic, I think, just has a little bit more youth on his side. <laughs> I don't know how much younger he is. Not that much, probably, but... I don't know, but it just has an interesting spelling of his name there. <laughs> wow, D-J-O-K-O-V-I-C. Yeah, he's Eastern European, probably. Something. Yeah, Latvian Orthodox, like in uh, Seinfeld, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess it was, they were looking at... Uh, could have been Nadal's first chance to play for a Grand Slam not played on clay. So I guess I didn't know that. He's only he's only ever won on clay, I guess. No. No, no. He's won on it he's he won lost. on hard court too. Okay. So he lost out on another chance to win a Grand Slam not played on clay. Lost out on another chance. Mm-hmm. I think they were saying another shot to try and get his non clay a non clay title. I don't oh. know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe I, I read it as he's won them, but this was another shot for him to win one, and he couldn't. Gotcha. That's how it sounded to me. Yeah, I I just literally just read this, so I have yeah. no idea. I'm like 99.9% sure he's won the U.S. Open, and that's a hard court. Yeah, so I guess it's just the same. He's uh, the king of clay. Oh, the, no doubt about that. Hasn't... Well, since he won the Australian Open and the U.S. Open, those okay. aren't played on clay, right? No, okay. they're on hardcore. Okay, both. so yeah. so it's just about him trying to add to his non-clay yes, titles. Yes, okay, yes. never mind then. That's what I thought they meant, but I that was it was worded a little strange. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it, that's the weird thing about writing, right? Like the and thing English. with text messaging and yeah. and posts on message boards and things like that is sometimes sarcasm doesn't come through, sometimes other stuff doesn't come through, and people think you're serious about something yep. or whatever, and it's like, oh, I was making a joke. And but you can't tell because you can't hear the inflection in someone's voice, well, yeah, right? There's, so there's no context. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, on to uh, the Women's World Cup. Uh, another title for the U.S. That's yeah. four. Yep. So that's two, two in a row. row. Yep. And uh, they looked good, but the competition looked closer this year than it did yeah. four years ago. When I just remember them blowing out, like I don't know if it was Taiwan or Korea oh, or in something the fir- in the first round. You mean? No, no, no. Uh, oh, last, years last ago. World Cup oh. when they won the title. The title match was against some Asian country. I'm almost positive. Yeah, China maybe. Yes, I, I just don't remember Japan. which one. Yeah, and I just remember I was watching it at uh, CB and Pots before it closed mm-hmm. down, and, and they got rid of it. Um, but uh, you know, congratulations to the women's the women's team. Uh, fantastic work. Uh, one of the questions that's come up has been the pay. Right. Yeah. So there's been a big drive in the last few years about trying to equalize women's pay in like all sectors, really. But one big thing here is in sports in the World Cup, because the women's World Cup team or national team, we should say, is much better in terms of placement or competition level with the rest of the world than the men's team. Yet the men's team gets paid more. And they were saying that the women's team brings in far more revenue because no one really cares about the men's team right now because 
They haven't even, I mean, we came, well, we made the round of 16 in the World Cup, two World Cups ago in the men's. Other than that, yeah. our men's team hasn't done Do much. Do you think the San Antonio Spurs make a lot, much, a lot more money as an organization compared to the L.A. Lakers? No, I would think the Lakers make more. Okay. Um, do you think that the Kansas City Royals have the same value as New York Yankees? Of course not. Okay. So I guess my point is, and this, I, there's no way for this not to sound sexist coming from a white <laughs> male, but that's not my point. My point is the money is what talks in the situation. It's not about performance, right? And that's the reason. Like men's soccer games are probably just more attended. No, that's what I'm saying, though. No, no, no. Women, the women's national team has brought in far more revenue than the men's national team has over the last 16 years. Really? Mm-hmm. They're selling way you're more jerseys. You're, you're correct, Mark. And I'm gonna, let me tell you what the CBA, the women, just agreed to two years ago. Um, the women agreed to pay up front and bonuses um, in, the, uh, in the World Cup games. Now, the men get no pay up front. They get bigger bonuses every World Cup game they play. So that's the difference. And they just agreed to that two years ago, and they're still not happy with it. But they wrote it themselves to have more pay up front where the men don't get any pay up front. Well, I guess it's just like a Le'Veon Bell uh, last year, Melvin Gordon this year, that yeah. you're saying, hey, I deserve to get paid more, and I'm going to cause a stink until I get it. Uh, so I don't think it's any different than those situations. But then, you know, it does come back to, you know, I, I am always kind of in favor of, you know, if you sign a contract, then you probably should honor the contract. And I understand if you say, well, I signed this because I was an undrafted rookie, but now I'm the, you know, the best. Yeah, things have changed. But you say, like, but you wouldn't have gotten the opportunity without the contract, and you you agreed to the contract, and that's why you shouldn't sign a long one, right? Rookies should do three years, no more. I don't think anyone should sign a long contract in yeah. the NFL. They should yeah. all be one year. Well, like I saw a listing this morning of potential 2021 free agents in the NBA, and we've had a, just a, an outstanding NBA offseason, right? Yeah. I mean, this has been fun. This was, I mean, yeah, it was more, this unpre- has been more fun than – This was a really unprecedented free agency, I think. I agree. I mean – to have guys like Kawhi, Kevin Durant, and I mean, just Kyrie that, Irving, Kyrie, I mean, just the level of players that were available, and the players that moved yeah. who weren't available, yeah, and a few of those are going to be on this new list. Yeah, so Paul they were George, saying, yeah. yeah, Paul George, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard is yeah. a potential free agent. So his deal with the Clippers must have an out after the first year. Yeah, that's crazy. That's probably that was probably all him too. Yeah, but I mean, as the as the Clippers, you know, they're like, hey, we'll give it a shot. I mean, yeah. why not? Yeah. Um, see what we can mark. Uh, yeah. Kawhi, Kawhi actually, they wanted to give him four years. Kawhi took three years to make sure he was available when all those other free agents were available. Well, yeah, but this is saying next next. Oh, I guess twenty twenty one is two yeah, years. Yeah, two years. You got to remember, this is going to be the nineteen the nineteen twenty. And 2021, 2122, I think 2122 is the next free agency. You mean the next really big one? 2022. 2020, yeah. 20, or whichever. Houston, it works out, you know, I really would have thought that Kawhi would have chose the Lakers. To me, that was a guaranteed championship if he'd have gone there. 
and he doesn't have anything left to prove. Yeah, my God, so, he took the Raptors to the title. I mean, he's a, he's a legend. This guy is one of the greatest ever. I also heard, I don't know where I read this, but it was you know a legitimate source um, that he didn't. He's like, I'm not signing there until we can bring another person in. And so they pulled that trade off, and then they signed Kawhi. He basically was like, I'll give you my word. You know, if you bring in another big talent, I will sign there. And right, because he down, knows he yeah, has to have it. To, it was down to the wire. So, um, you know, I think the Lakers were certainly a consideration for him. They had to be. I mean, how how could it not be, right? Well, I heard it was the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Raptors. All yeah, had a shot. sure, yep. and the Raptors. Yeah, right. You know, he, he just, promised yep. to give the Raptors the last say, which which, is, which I think is cool. That's absolutely. how you should do it. You say, look, you know what? You're, I, I, I got you a title. I was traded here. I didn't actually decide to come here, and this isn't where I want to live. You know, it's like nothing personal, but, you know, show me what you've got. And, I mean, it, it, interesting thing is uh, if everything kind of stayed status quo, I think he might have stayed with the Raptors because yeah. they had such a deep team, and he knows that free agent uh, players would have come there for on, the, on the cheap to play with him and his team. So explain to me how, the, like, the salaries work because – this was all about money for him, for him, right? Because why? I think, if it was, you wanted, I think it was just quality of career in life. He wanted to be in L.A. It was about being in well, L.A. I think a big part of it. Yeah. Guys, I'll, I'll explain this one real quick to you. Um, he, he's from L.A. He wanted to be on L.A. And the reason he chose the Clippers for less money is because he wants to take the king down in the same building. <laughs> I I hear that, and I think he also wants to establish his own legacy. You know, I mean, yeah, the, he doesn't the, want to play the, second fiddle to LeBron. The cool thing about the Clippers is they've never really done anything, right? And so, you know, if he's able to come in and be like turn this kind of epically bad franchise around and win a couple championships there, boy, that really cements your legacy. Hell, get to a finals. Yeah, know? yeah. But yeah, no, if he won a title there, that would be three teams that he could have won the MVP. And, I mean, I'm guessing yeah. he would probably win the MVP. And then he can you know? write his own ticket after he retires, you know right. what I mean? But I'm going to ask you this. Is anybody in the front office, he could, you know. Has anybody won world titles with three teams? I was thinking maybe Robert Ory did. Big Shot or Big Shot Bob, you know, because he, you know, because he played for the Spurs, right? But I don't yeah. know if they ever won one with him, but I know he won one playing with the Lakers or yeah. won a couple, three. And then he also won two with Houston, didn't he? I think he was, wasn't he part of the Akeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler Rockets? Boy, that's a good question. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. If anybody knows, hey, feel free to call in and tell us the answer if you know. 929-477-3204. But, you know. Taking three teams to a title, and I don't know if he would say that he took the Spurs to a title. That was a great team, yeah. but he was the MVP in the final. And Has then, that happened in any sport? Titles with three teams? Yeah. Hmm. I suppose it's probably happened. Well, I would say reliever, maybe yeah, in baseball. baseball. Yeah. Uh, maybe a cornerback in football. I'd see that possible. I can only I mean, think I of Dion, though. I can only think of two. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen guys win three. three titles in a row, like Shen Sharp with the Raiders or with the Broncos and the Ravens. Yeah. Um, Deion Sanders with the Chris, Niners and the Cowboys. But again, it's two teams. Chris Long. Three, three teams. What's that? Well, Garrett Blunt, Chris Long. Like Garrett Blunt, he's won a title with the Eagles and the Patriots. Patriots. Yep. So he's won two? Just with two teams then? Yeah, he's won two. 
So that's a pretty. I mean, obviously that's a nice, nice thing to have on your thing. But yeah, I don't know if it's. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if there. How if you would guys, you word that question? I would say, if, as any player won a title with three different franchises, and hopefully that'll encompass all the sports. So, so JP, um, while Nate looked that up, so I know that there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a controversy going on, and you said that you'd be open to debating it. I don't know if you really did want to do that or not, but uh, basically the <clears throat> there's a two-step controversy with. Megan Rapino, and what I do want to yeah. say about her first is she is from my hometown, Redding, California. Uh, yeah, she you know, is. Her, her in the uh, who's the guy that hosts NFL, the NFL Network uh, show, uh, Rich Rich Epstein or uh, what's his name? I don't know. Uh, 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 Eisen. Yeah, what's his name? Rich Eisen. I think so. Okay, so and he's from Reading too. So that's the two people that are from my hometown. So. All right, I got the. Oh, you got it. I've got the answer for you. Right. Robert Ori and John Sally are the only players to have won championships with three different teams. Who's John Sally? He played for John the Sally Pistons, Bulls, and he was like, one other. I don't know third. Uh, Ori won seven championships. Wow. Two, two with the Rockets, three with the Lakers, and another two with the Spurs. Well, I got that one. That's so pretty impressive. Yeah, I just remember he was because I mean they always called him Big Shot Bob. Yeah, it was so annoying. That guy would always just sit at the top of the key, and somehow they didn't always have somebody in his face. It was like, dude, this guy does this every game. Why are you letting them open? <laughs> Sally's four NBA titles came via two championships with the Detroit Pistons, and then one each with the Bulls and the Lakers. Ori yeah. is also the only non-Celtic to have more than six titles. Wow. Really? Yeah. So no Lakers did it. So I guess the Lakers never won that many in a short stretch, even with Jerry West or with the Showtime or have anything. Have more than six? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, we remember that because, I mean, those great rivalries between the Celtics and the, uh, and the Lakers. Bill Russell has the record. So he 12? has 11. 11. In a 13-year career, he won 11. Dude. That's unbelievable. Every almost every year of your career you Dude, won a title. That's like Tom Brady. No, not quite. He's not quite that good. That's just silly. But uh no, that's awesome. Um now I wonder if there's any are there any for other sports? Is that just talking to NBA or is that talking all sports? Um, that's a good question. It does just say the NBA. And you can rephrase the search question and then put the uh, other other organization like symbols after it or the acronym yeah yeah um i'm guessing the mlb i just don't think so like i said only thing i could think of would be a reliever who maybe got one-year deals or got picked up you know like like not maybe not necessarily even a stud like a guy who was just kind of a good middle long middle relief guy and just ended up changing teams three years in a row or, or a few different times and and uh and won titles because it wasn't consecutive years so it can be over any time span right so a reliever, I think, has the best best odds. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I but, think uh, Pedro Martinez has three. Uh, uh, who did he win with? Boston, New York, uh, Philly. Oh wait a second, Philly didn't oh, win that year. My bad. Well, I forgot he played for Philly. Did he play for more than one year? Maybe he did get a title with them. I no no no. They, they he wasn't there in two thousand eight. He was two thousand nine when they lost to the. Oh, darn. Okay, because I know he didn't win one with Montreal, and he didn't win one with the Mets, so I don't think he's got three different teams, but that's a good guess. That was a good guess. I mean, that's Okay, NFL, I found one guy has done it three times with three different teams. give us a hint. Uh, We don't know who it is. Yeah, you'll know, but you'll never guess it. What position? I'll give you a hint that that will help you guess it. 
Uh, he was once a executive for the Detroit Lions. Oh, Matt Millen? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So who'd he win them with? He won two with the Raiders, one with the 49ers, and one with the Redskins. No so he has, he has four overall. Wow. Um, there's a ton of – there's a bunch of guys that were on the 49ers with their run. Right. And so they won four. There was a bunch of Steelers in their run in the 70s. That they won three, four. right? Oh, they have four? Yeah. Did they win four titles? Yeah. I didn't know they won oh, four. Oh, I mean, they have like six overall. No, no, no. I meant in that stretch. Because well, Bradshaw won three in a row, right? Yeah, more than that, even. Um, yeah, I think so. And he, with him and Gale He Sayers won three and, in a row, I think. That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was three in a row. Yeah, yeah. But maybe they won another one a couple years before, a couple years after. Yeah. I know that he always – because I knew some – Bradshaw still to this day has a sore spot about the fact that Montana is considered the greatest and he's not. Uh-huh. Like he doesn't think that's fair. And it's like, well, dude, I mean, Montana was like he was everything on those teams. I mean, yeah. granted they had Jerry Rice, but there's that great long-standing, never will end debate about was Montana so great because of Rice, or was Rice so great because of Montana, or was it both? I think they were so great because of Bill Walsh. Or there you <laughs> go. Right. Right. I mean. Because Jerry Rice doesn't have great speed. Bill Walsh figured something out with that West Coast offense. And, yeah, he did. And, I mean, well, When you look boy, at the coaching those, tree that comes out of that uh, yeah, that organization yeah. from when he was there. They have I mean, some special on God. the NFL films about that, that coaching tree. Oh, I mean, we're talking, we're talking like four generations long. Because, like, you'd have his, and then his immediate assistants went out to yeah. become head coaches. And then the people that they trained in West Coast went out to have their own teams and, and did it. And that happened, like, again, until now, West Coast offense, while I think it's still integrated into NFL uh, playbooks, it's not in and of itself a playoff or a, hmm. a, 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 a scheme anymore, is it, do you think? Not mm, full-time, I don't think. I think it's bastardized in certain ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I don't think anybody really truly runs a West Coast offense anymore. Because I mean, you just can't. You have to be creative, right? You can't yeah. do the same thing as someone else, or you just won't be successful. I we've agree. Just, we've just seen that so many times. And I times. think everybody knows how to shut it down now, too. It's just become right. one of those things. And we've got more speed now, and that that makes a big difference because on the speed you can cover yep. the end to end. So if you have yeah, a the good players are different too. You know? you know, they're faster and more agile, and they yeah. know where to be. They're smarter. Um, just one real quick note here on the NFL thing I thought was interesting. So special mention to Bill Belichick. He's the only individual in NFL history to collect eight Super Bowl rings. Two as the defensive coordinator of the Giants and then six as the head coach of the Patriots. Now, player-wise, Tom Brady, as we all know, has the six. And then Charles Haley has five. And then there's a bunch of guys after that that I said. Who the hell is Charles Haley? Oh, you don't remember Charles Haley? Uh Uh-uh. He was Defensive probably lineman, forty niners, cowboys. Yeah, he was probably playing when you were little. Okay, yeah. So you I, know, like my dad wasn't. I mean, my dad liked the Niners, but we didn't watch football very much, so I didn't know much. Yeah, football when we were in uh, when we were in single digits, probably this, <clears throat> right that is when that guy was at his best. But yeah, I don't remember that name. Just doesn't uh, stand out to me. It's surprising that he was that good, and I didn't. I, that I don't know his name. Yeah, let's see if there's better. I'll look up the uh, MLB too. Okay. So, uh, JP, going back to uh, Megan Rapone, uh, Rap- Rapino, gosh, I do that every time. Um, so, the the first the first like controversy, and I don't know why it was a controversy since this has been happening with sports players for the last ten, twelve, fifteen years. Uh, ever since I think George Bush was president was the first time I remember somebody saying that they didn't want to go to the White House to meet him if they won a title, which is kind of a <clears throat> 
a longstanding tradition is to go and, and, and be congratulated by the president when you win a, a title. Uh, I, as much as I don't like Donald Trump, I don't agree with what she did only because it's the national team. You know, this isn't a sports franchise where you went to go play for someone, you made all your decisions. This you went and decided to go play for the U.S. national team, and he is the head of state. It seems like you should, even if you detest the person, you should show up and and take your congratulations, I guess you would say, from the president, especially considering it's a national team. I myself, if I was a special professional sports player and I won a title in anything, I would go see the president. I don't care who it was because yeah. it's a chance to go to Washington, go to the White House, be recognized. I mean, it, it's we've discussed this topic before. Yeah. So I'm the same with you. I would do the same thing. No and so that was the was. first part of the controversy. But the part that I thought was really interesting was, and I think this is 100 percent conservative media spin, but was the um, she tried to step on the American flag. And this all was born out of when she and I can't remember the name of the person she was running with. Uh, you know, they were all kind of they all walk around and they're all cheering and stuff. And they were holding uh, a flag around two or three of them. And then someone, you know, it got pulled out of somebody's hand and then it started it fell to the ground. And then the player right behind him immediately picked the the, the, the flag up. I, there's Kelly I've seen video. What's that now? Kelly O'Hara is the woman that picked it up. Gotcha. So so uh, O'Hara was the one that picked it up after it fell down and. Um, I, I've seen the video multiple times. I, in no way does it look like anybody was intending to drop the flag, nor did they seem to even realize where it had gone. Uh, so I don't think there was any controversy at all. But, of course, media loves a chance to you know, do a freak out. So do you think that she was actually trying to step on the flag or make it fall to the ground? Uh, you, you know, guys, th- it, this goes a little deeper than that because she was very outspoken about not saying the Pledge of Allegiance, not, uh, you know, um, she didn't put her hand over her chest. Uh, she did not recite or sing the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, well, she was very outspoken and taking a knee and so on and so forth. Um, and we have to, you know, like you said, this is an international tournament, and these players, the U.S. women's players, had to get invited to be on this team. So it's not like you walk on and you get the invitation to be on this team. Um, there was outcry. Uh, the week before when she, I, I don't know if she took the knee or she put her hands behind the back as all her teammates when they sang Star Spangled Banner put their hands over her chest or what she did, but there was outcries out about that long before the flag hit the ground. Now, I personally, I boycotted watching the final game because I thought Rapino should have been kicked off the team. You're in an international tournament with the world watching you, especially in France, and you basically disgraced America is what you did, and that's the way a lot of people felt with Rapino being left on the team. Um, so I did not watch the final match. I boycotted watching that because I thought Rapino should have been sent home. I mean, it's an interesting uh, viewpoint, and I understand that some people do get offended by it. I don't quite understand it personally just because, to me, uh, being an American means you have 100% right to speak your mind and how you feel. I mean, I don't agree with the white nationalists and the white pride folks, but I also don't think that that means that they shouldn't right. be able to speak. I mean, it's not about getting rid of what we don't like. It's about, uh, you know, if you want to convince someone otherwise, then you can convince them. And if not, you don't worry about it. I mean, it's yeah. just you can't worry about what and, other people and, are going to think if you're going to live in a country and, where you're allowed to think. And, uh, and Mark, but again, go ahead. 
she she came out with her comments right after Colin Kaepernick pulled the biggest blunder of all about having Nike not release the Betsy Ross shoes. What Colin Kaepernick doesn't know is Betsy Ross was a Quaker, and she actually aided in the Underground Railroad to get slaves to the north. So Colin Kaepernick can go suck it. That kid, really, that, that, that jackass made a fool of himself. Well, I, you're kind of making a little bit of a fool of yourself because that's not what he said, and that has nothing to do with why he didn't want that, that flag released. The only reason he didn't like that, that flag is because a lot of people who are African-American um, equate that flag, which was the first flag of America, with the Constitution that was written making black people not full people and endorsing and making slavery legal. And so that's why they don't like that flag being celebrated. Again, I don't have that same viewpoint because – well, one, because probably because I'm white, and also because to me it's more of a cumulative thing. I'm like, well, for me well, it's just – And a lot of black people were offended that he did that because it's, now you're trying to rewrite history. And unfortunately that was our first flag. Uh, the North had it in there that you know they were not – the South was for slavery. The North was not for slavery. Um, and, you know, Nike kind of blundered that one because I know I think uh, there's a shoe company that put that shoe on now, a smaller shoe company. You can get it off the Internet. But uh, Nike kind of really blundered that one very big. Here's the question. What is the blunder? Nike's, Nike's stock price went up just like uh, Facebook stock price went up after their $5 well, billion dollar fine. The blunder they, would be, you know, lost revenue. But that's my point. Is they're actually worth more now? But than how they were. much more could they have gone up if they had released it? I, I'm guessing that they that every time they get this kind of publicity, they sell more. That's. Other the, I mean, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. That would be you. that would be the only thing that I could think of. Yeah, I mean, I I think any controversy is is made, like yeah. you're talking about, yeah. like Miley Cyrus, right? She's got another controversy going about. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. I don't pay attention, but I just remember the last time she had a big controversy. What happened two weeks later? Number one single in the country. Yeah, free advertising is free advertising, and, and I, people in this country just get played. No, I hear you. I I guess I'm kind of somewhere in between you and JP with the whole thing because I I you know, and I know all three of us agree with the freedom of speech you know you should be able to speak your mind and i think that's super important however i think there are some platforms in life that you have to be a little bit more restricted i mean we go to work we don't use you know certain language at work because it's inappropriate you know um if we are at a public event you know where we're at a baseball game or whatever it may be you know, you kind of, you carry yourself in a certain manner. It's kind of expected of you, you know, you aren't running around screening obscenities and, you know, you're <laughs> acting like a normal human being. And, and, you know, I, I think that the problem is, is a lot of people see that as an abuse because they have a platform and mm-hmm. we don't, right. you know, and it's like, Hey, you know, I have this, I, I have this opportunity to make a political statement, but a lot of people don't have that opportunity. So Absolutely. is that fair? You know, so and you I, also got to look at the fact that uh, if you're paid by a company and they decide they don't want to pay you now because of what you like, that's why we don't do those things you're talking about. Yeah. Because your boss might say, you know what, you're not worth the headache now. Right. And when you're a professional athlete, you just happen to have that special human platform. Yeah. You are of a talent level where that you aren't replaceable. Yeah, and so is that an abuse? You know, I guess mm-hmm. is my of point. your position, and, or and is it a responsibility? Just, I think it's a fair question, and I, you know, yeah, is it? You're right. Is it? Is how is that defined? What is mm-hmm. your role? You know, should you maybe you should have 
you do have a responsibility. And they're all so. opinions, right? I mean, that's the problem. Absolutely. Opinions are just so, opinions. Yeah, I think the point is just to kind of for everybody to remain open-minded about it and, you know, take it what it is. You know, okay, yeah, she said this. She has her opinion. I have a different opinion. You know, um, reconcile and, and what, those what two changed? things and move, and move <laughs> on. You know, it's not like this huge controversy. It shouldn't be made to be a huge controversy. I mean, I would it. probably be more in favor of what she's doing, like, if you go on a, on a talk show, yeah. if you go on an interview, that's those, what those places are for. Absolutely. Sure. Do, yeah. Say and do whatever you want to do there, yeah. but maybe not force it on people. And I think yeah. that's what causes the consternation maybe. Yeah. Is just well, I think a lot of it is social media as well. You know, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's that drives that sort of behavior. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. It's, I think it's just one of those things you really need to just be open-minded about it because you may not like what she's saying, but it is her right to say what she wants to say, mm-hmm. you know? But again, like I said, it, it, the platform is the part that I think a lot of people get upset about, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And also I think there's, Which I think is fair, a small part of it, or maybe, maybe a big part of it is, you know, sports, uh, television, movies. Um, most of these things uh, are distractions from the, hard parts of life, right? These are the mm-hmm. things to do to kind of get away from life, to kind of transport yourself, right? Uh, we love to live vicariously through yeah. all these athletes because it would be so much fun to do that for a career. Right. And I think maybe that's part of the issue. And, and I, Or maybe, like I said, maybe a big part of the issue. Mm-hmm. People are like, I want to just watch and just enjoy. Can't yes. I just enjoy? And, you know, I can give you another example that's kind of funny was I love the game show Pressure Luck. I just love that game show. Peter Tamarkin and the no whammy stop. You know, I mean, I just, I've loved that game show forever. They just started the game show back up and it's now on prime time. And Elizabeth Banks is the, uh, is the host. And I was watching the first episode and you know, the first, like the, the normal part was, or the right, the part that was the same from the old show was awesome where they do the questions then they do spins and they do questions and they do spins, but they've turned it into an hour show by taking the winner of the regular game part and take them onto a special game board where they can try and win extra stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, this is where it kind of went off the rails for me because this is where like they brought up right. family members and all of a sudden it's like kind of like deal or no deal trying to make it like a big emotional story all the time. Mm-hmm. And the first one, the first episode was, uh, was a couple of, uh, a black, and a white gay man that were married and just had a child and like they put all these gifts up there that were like you know uh a y- three years of baby material or baby you know uh stuff whatever you know and and uh oh his favorite car that he gave away so we could get you know uh, uh surrogacy pregnancy was was his you know jeep cherokee or whatever oh they put a jeep cherokee on the, you know like they just tried to milk it like crazy and it was like that was a really good game show that you had i mean the new episode was great up until that part but just and it's not like I, I don't have a problem with anything to say we're talking the, about. Just over the top. Yeah, I'm there to watch the game, yeah. not 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 get this, like, you know, every time they would land on something, run up there and do big hugs and, and cry and all stuff. It's like, I, I you know, come on. You guys are milking short, it a little too Short much. and sweet is, what it, yeah. is the point. Just I get like it. it fun, you know. <laughs> and then the second episode was, um, it was a, a kind of an older black couple, and it was the same thing. It was like. They, they went through a huge story interview thing about like what they lost in life or some tribute or uh, trials or heartaches that they've been through. And those are the gifts they threw on the board. And then if they land on it, then everybody cheers and everybody, you know, start hugging. And like I said, I mean, I, I, I totally like all that. And I, mm-hmm. I love to celebrate people winning and doing well and, and, you know, winning the game show and taking stuff home. It's like, yes, that's awesome. I want to see you all win, but yeah, give me the, give me the entertainment value. You know, that's, that's kind of why I'm actually watching. That's why we pay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and 
guess I should probably mention that I don't pay, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's part of my internet service. But, but anyway, wow. so anyway, uh, but the game show part is still awesome. I would still say watch the first half, and then maybe the yeah. second half is kind of boring. But and anyway. just just real quick, in MLB man, there must be ten to fifteen guys that have done it three times. Wow, there's a number of guys that have won three titles exactly and with different teams. No kidding. Yeah, so like John Lackey is one you'll probably recognize. Um, Stuffy McGinnis was way back in the day. Was another. I remember one. him from What If Sports. Yeah. Um, well, Lackey, I didn't think about that. So what's it like? Um, Cubs. Wait, let me try. Cubs. Oh, uh, uh, where did he come to the Cubs from? Yeah. Um, was it? Nope, I'm gonna get that wrong. Was it? Was it St. Louis? I don't have it in front of me, okay. but I, I believe it's Anaheim and Boston. Oh, Boston. Yeah. I, oh, Anaheim. They won a title? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, they beat the Giants, huh? No. Yeah. Yeah, they beat the Giants. That was the last time Bonds made it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wild. Wild. Uh, home Run Derby. Did you have a chance to watch that? Unreal. Dude. I've never seen anything Unreal. like that. I mean, that was fine. It was like it was like making a dunk contest interesting. Yeah. So I didn't watch the whole thing. Uh, they had a replay on at work, so I watched uh, Jock Peterson and uh, and Vlad. And Vlad, and that was. I mean, that's as epic as it gets, man. Dude, twenty nine each in the regular. I mean, that's just timing. That's incredible. Dude. Yeah. I mean, just to show you why Jock, like, he has so much potential. He's yeah. never quite capitalized. Yeah. And a lot of people, including myself, were saying, why is Vlad in there? He's only got eight home runs. Well, they were like, you know what you pay attention to? What these guys do in batting practice. Batting practice home run guys are the guys yes. you want. Yes. Because this is all about just letting loose. And if they already do that as a batting practice, it won't mess up their swing. Yeah, that's you know? what they're used to doing anyway. Yeah. So I think that they, did, they did it right. They grabbed the power dudes who just hit and just I trying to smoke it. They're you know? trying to promote their young players. You know, sure. I think that's really important. And like, why not? Yeah, I mean, it kind of. I think it kind of like re-energizes the fan a little bit. Like for me, it's fun. Like not just being a baseball card collector on the side, but like. Uh, you know, seeing these new players come in and do well, and I think the fact that his dad ha- was really successful just kind of makes him a little bit more polarizing, you know? Sure. Um, so, yeah, you'll see that a lot, I think, with the Blue Jays over the next couple of years because they have, like, four or five uh, <laughs> sons sons of right. former players on their team. It's really quite bizarre. Bichette, Biggio, Guerrero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and I think there's even one more son. I think there is. Yeah. Like I a mean, Dalton or something. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, how many they have, but something anyway, watching those dreadlocks go back and forth as he was hitting those homers. It's it? weird for us because now I feel old, man, because all these guys were studs when we were kids, you know, like Vlad, I mean, in my twenties, I watched that guy and I, he was oh, so much the greatest bad ball hitter I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I saw the guy hit a double off a ball that hit the ground first. Right. <laughs> yeah. He was incredible. Fijio watching the killer bees with Bagwell make it turn into double plays. He was a you fantastic know, Bichette, obviously we know Bichette from yeah. being a Rocky. Yeah. And then he went on to be an angel, a very you know, have a good career there and hit a lot um, of home runs. Yeah, I mean so yeah, no, I I like it. I like seeing this. It's just kind of fun to see this many guys legitimately have the talent that their dads had. Yeah. If not more. Yeah. It seems like they all might have more talent. Possibly. Which is really wild. It's unusual. Mm-hmm. You know? I just like you think when you think about father son combos, like one of the first things that comes to my mind is uh, Archie, Peyton, Eli. 
Oh, right. You know, because man, what a bloodline! You know, you got three of them that won. I think Archie won a Super Bowl, or at least no, got, not with the Saints. He got to one though. I think did he? I think so. Anyway, I mean that's pretty. I mean that's a pretty legendary bloodline mm, right there. Amazing. You don't see too many of those, but I mean Griffey Junior. Yeah. You know, his dad was a good player. Not sure. he wasn't an all. No, he was an all star. Yeah, I, I meant uh, Hall of Famer. No, no, yeah, no. he's but he not had some, a Hall. Some real good years. Oh yeah, yeah, he definitely was a good player. And Bonds is, you know, Bonds' dad was a very good player. He wasn't a Hall of Famer though, is he? No, but he, but he was with that trio that they he had. He definitely with was McCovey a, and or with McCovey and uh, Mays. He yeah. made up that great threesome that they yeah. had. Kind of like Matt Williams, Kevin Mitchell, and Will Clark. Yes. you know, were later on for the Giants. Yes. Um, other good combinations. Um. Oh, I had another one I was thinking of, and it kind of jumped out of my head. Darn it. I don't know if Ripken's dad played baseball or not, but there was I the two know. brothers. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's just – yeah, it's just, it's just it's crazy, though, to think about yeah. all these guys coming up. And like you said, yeah. Pat Mahomes, whose dad was a pitcher, so a little different. Oh, right. Sporting sports there, but – Well, yeah, but still, yeah, but you're right, but still it's a, it's yeah. a legacy of, of athletic, yeah. you know, Da- uh, players, you know, yeah, like, Tatis, Golich, you know, the oh, Tat- yeah, Tatis, yeah. you know, his dad was a good player, yeah, uh, it's just I mean, see. I guess he said, uh, uh, oh, yeah, his son is doing very well this yeah. year with the Royals. Uh, you had the Martinez's Pedro and Ramon, yep. Ramon, people don't remember Ramon because he was with the, with the Dodgers, he wasn't nearly as famous, but he was he a was, good pitcher, though, he was solid. I think he was the other than Kershaw. He was the only like Dodger 20 game winner in the last 30 years. Or oh, something really? Like that. Wow. Yeah, he did it in the 90s. Um, he was the guy who was he was the ace for the Dodgers for a good five Wait, years. Hershiser never win twenty. No, he won. Uh, Pedro or uh, Ramon won twenty after Hershiser. Oh, okay. Hershiser yeah. retired. Got it. Got it. Um, I mean, they, they played together, but it, yeah. But it, for a long time, uh, Ramon was the only guy who'd won twenty. I got Or the, the last twenty game winner for a lot of years. So Kershaw. I think Kershaw did, it, and I think then Bueller might have done it mm. two years ago or last year. I can't remember if he hit that. Last year was his rookie season, so. Did he hit it? Did he hit twenty? I don't know if he hit twenty. Okay. Fifteen maybe. Okay. So, yeah. but yeah. So, anyways, I mean, twenty games is a lot to win in baseball, and and people don't. Especially don't people really appreciate. Especially it. these days, considering most of the starting pitchers, the frontline guys, get between thirty-four and forty starts a year. Mm-hmm. So, and forty is pretty rare. I'd say thirty-five is kind of yeah, the average. Yeah, really, it's like thirty-five, thirty-six. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not a lot of. Ch- that's not a lot of. You can't lose a lot. Nope. And you're going to get no decisions. You're going to get blown games. Like, you know, like I'm playing Brad this week in fantasy, and that guy's reliever, Osuna, the wife feeder, dude, that guy has blown so many saves. But he only blows them for my pitcher, Garrett Cole. I don't know why, but it's only Cole that he blows them for. Blew another one last night. I'm playing Brad this week. And, of course, I'm like, oh, what do you know? Last time I played you, your guy blew a game for my winner it's for my the, pitcher. That's, that's kind of the curse of having good pitchers in fantasy, though. Because right. <laughs> You know how it goes, right? The guys, the team goes out, and they know they got their ace on the mound. All we got to do is grind out a couple runs. So a lot of times, you know, it's two to two in the eighth. The guy yeah. pitched a fantastic game, yeah. but he just doesn't get any run support. Or like 60 it's quality three starts, to two, no and then the bullpen comes in and gives it up, you know. Uh, boy, that's so frustrating. I, we've all experienced that in baseball. I mean, it happens to me all the time. Yeah, it's just, but it's just so funny to me that it always happens against him when I play him. That's oh, just yeah. what seems so weird to me. Yeah. But uh, nice to have fantasy baseball going again. We're doing, we do the uh, combination where we do 
uh, the short week, these three days, we add these three days to the next week, and so it's Instead all of one big week. A short week yeah. yeah, we did that. We did the first couple of seasons. We did the short week, and it's just like the not as good. It's, it's just, just the opening. It's like the opening week too, right? We right, we do that. We we, that we, we, we mold them together. Uh, they've gotten better at, at consolidating that though. Yeah, and then also. Um, in that first week, they have teams miss odd days, right? Like uh-huh. they, you know, they just miss the second the second day of the season. They don't play a game. This was the first you know? year we decided not to count that first game, and of course, it screwed me. <laughs> oh, really? What was the first game? Uh, <laughs> the Seattle game in was it in Japan? Yeah. Oh, Seattle and A's. Yeah, where yeah. Ichiro retired. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had D Gordon got like a twelve point night that night, <laughs> and I lost by like eight the first week. Uh, so well, but you knew going in. Well, not really, because it started and then we didn't know. Well, no, we we decided that we would do the draft. We said we're not going to count them. Oh, I thought it was after the fact. No, no, no. We had a vote before oh, we did we the did. draft. Yeah, okay. just because because House was like yeah. really didn't want to count those, yeah. and so I, I I always say like what difference does that make? But he says he doesn't like it because. It. Well, they don't like the reason that, that their argument was <laughs> you would know ahead of time if you should put the guy in. Like if the guy threw a real good game, or like you said, the guy had those twelve points. He scored those twelve points before the but draft. But I've had a guy score fifteen in one night and then score negative the rest of the week. Well, so one night but doesn't just, really. But he's just that was his point though was that you could you at least would know. Let's say it was a pitcher. You knew the guy got a win, a twenty-six point game, his first game. Oh yeah. So now you know you're going to get that. You know that was I think that that was how he described it to me. No, that that makes sense. You that know. it is unfair, right? Yeah. yeah well, I mean, no. I don't think it's unfair because you do know. So it's like, well, you know, you, if you draft a I guy, I do. I think it's based unfair. on the knowledge of what he did that first couple of games. Well, that's just stupid. I mean, yeah, but if the guy gets a win, that's unusual. You know, a twenty-six, right. twenty-five be a point night. Chances are you're not going to have a lot of guys on your bench that are going to outdo that, you know. Correct. So no, that's that was that was the reason. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Um, I didn't think of it that way. Again, I I don't really care yeah. either way, but I mean, if, if that's what people want, you know, I'm always I'm always down for what people want to do. So sure. Um, and then uh, at the All Star game, which again we said this was kind of at least to me this was one of the better ones I've seen in a while. Uh, Sabathia threw out the very first pitch to Sandy Alomar. That makes you feel old, right? That you realize that Sabathia was an Indian and was a stud in the Indian organization and was then Sandy Alomar Jr. at catcher. And then you realize, man, Sabathia, you don't even think of him as an Indian anymore. You're like, well, he went to Milwaukee and he was good. And then he went to, uh, where did he go after that? It was, Yankees, I think. Was it straight to the Yankees I think after that? So, yeah. So it's like, you know, that, that's who he's been for a lot of years. And you talk about the 300 wins thing, or the, uh, the number of wins. Uh, he just got 250, I think. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Wow. Or was yeah, I think it was 250, or somebody just got 250. I thought it was Sabathia, and it's like you know, it was a big deal. And you're yeah. like, well, that's 50 away from getting 300. Yeah. 50. I mean, I don't even know what Kershaw's at, but I don't think Kershaw's like 200, 200. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, dude, Kershaw's had an amazing career. Yeah. I mean, he's had seven, 14 well, to 17 think, wins. Think like of it this way: 20 years. You've okay if you get 20 wins. 12 times wow that's 240 wins that's a ton of wins in 12 years and you're still 60 short but who, who, who gets 20 wins 12 times but you're nobody st- and you're still 60 short yeah no that's what i'm saying so you gotta pitch for 22 years you have to pitch for 20 yeah yeah, yeah. wow who's the who's the last person to get 300 was it maddox did he get 300 he did he was way over 300 wasn't he 
I, I don't know. Yeah, he was quite high. Okay. I think he's like top five all time or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's well, pretty high up there. Well, good for him. He was I, like 355 or something like that, I want to say. Holy cow. Dude, I want to look that up now because that, that's crazy. Yeah, you should look it up. That's uh, a, that's a I don't, good question. I don't think Glavin made it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I thought he did make it. I thought he had like 301 or something. I mean, that was definitely an organization which would make it possible, right? Because mm-hmm. because of the how many times they did. Roy it. Holiday only got to 200, right? Okay. Oh, what? Uh, yes. Uh, or something like that. Yeah, he got to something. Uh, so this is, uh, uh, since 1990, only four pitchers have joined the 300 win club. So Maddox and Glavin were two of them. Yeah. So they pretty, both made it. Yeah. Can you name the other two? One of them should have just should, should jumped should have jumped right off the top of my head. I mean, my goodness, Randy Johnson. That's actually not the one I was thinking of, but that is number three. Okay. The fourth one should be the easiest one. Roger Clemens. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Nice. Wow, dude, he did that pretty quick. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so that that's it. So yeah, so Glavin did do it. I never thought Glavin was that good, but boy, he must have been. <laughs> I think he just barely did it. I don't know how many. Yeah. It doesn't show their totals. Uh, I'm sure it does if I oh, if okay. I dig in here. Um, yeah, I want to say Maddox was like 350, 355 wow. actually, and I think Glavin was like 302 or 301. Damn, dude, 355. Yeah. Nice, you Nailed got it on the it. nose. So it goes Cy Young at 511. Yeah, Walter Johnson, the train, big train at 417. Yep. Then, then Nolan. Uh, no, then Grover Cleveland Alexander okay. at 373. Then Christy Mathewson also 373. Then the guy that we know well from what is sports, Pud Gavin, Galvin, yep. he had 365. Uh, Warren Spawn had 363. Wow, he was good. Kid Nichols, which I forgot about him. He was way back then. Yeah. Uh, Boston Bean Eater, he had 362. And then Max with a 355 and Clemens with 354. Wow. So, yeah, then it just goes down from there. But, uh, yeah, boy, so only a few people since the 90s. And, boy, we may not get another one for a long time. If ever. Yeah. Randy Johnson had 303 and Tom Glavin 305, so they just barely made it. You should look the up the highest active. <laughs> the most current wins? Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, so the game was, to me, actually, it, the whole game wasn't that great, but the last couple innings are what made the game really wonderful, you know. And that ninth inning, that hit by Pete Alonzo was what made it interesting. Um, ninth, eighth inning. Eighth inning, sorry, yeah. eighth inning hit. Uh, is what you know made the game close. It was four to one at that point, and then I forget, but they was, were the bases loaded or was it second runners at second and third? Bases were loaded yes. because they walked a guy to load the bases. Yes, and it was a three-two count, I think. It might have been because I can't they had to start the runners. So anyway, he got a base hit. Two guys scored. Uh, so made made it a game. four three. Yeah, but then uh, uh, Chapman came in and closed the door. I can't remember if he struck out the side, but I think he did. Yeah, boy, he looked. Yeah, pretty sure he looked he, scary. Pretty sure he did. You know, JP, there was an interesting article I read talking about the Phillies because you know we all I think in our preseason kind of predictions were like, there's really the Phillies should be the team to beat, and there's no reason they still can't be. I mean, there's plenty of seasons oh, yeah. left to take over. Oh yeah, but they've fallen into third place, and their two yep. biggest acquisitions in. Uh, Jake Arietta and in Bryce Harper, neither one made the All Star team. Yeah. And in fact, uh, correct. Uh, what's his name? Uh, um, Arietta. There's, I guess, there's some some concern that he oh. he may be uh, 
on the quick downside on his career. Like he's he's plummeted this year in terms of his numbers of peripherals. Oh, really? After a pretty good yep. season last year. Hmm. So, uh, have you heard anything from your uh, from relatives and friends back home? I mean, are they are they souring at all, or are they just taking it in stride? Uh, you know, things have gone south for him. Um, you know, the pitching has kind of let out. Uh, they had a streak there where until they played the Mets that their hitting went, went, went away. Um, and uh, it, it's a mystery. There's, I read a couple articles actually about them. Um, they have to pick up some bullpen help. And they lost Aldua Herrera to domestic violence for the year. Um, he's now suspended until next year. Um, so they have some positions that they need a little help with right now. It's a team that started off hot. They hit their midseason slump, and if they're going to slump, now's the time to do it. Uh, but they need yeah, to make some acquisitions here before we get into August. The dog days of summer, right? That's, you know, yeah. often, uh, often when things kind of do go off the rails. And obviously they still have plenty of time, but um, are, yes. how are people feeling about Bryce Harper? I mean, do they kind of feel like he was an overpaid hack? Do they just think, well, it's just early on, we're not going to worry, or – are they kind of thinking, uh, you know what, we kind of wondered if this is the player who he was, and, and it certainly looked like he is. Uh, I don't think there's too much concern there. I, I, there was always that worry signing him to that big contract, but you never know when that kid's going to get explosive. So that's, that's the biggest thing is, you know, when he gets turned on, he turns it on. Now, he, right. he, he does play like an average player a lot of times, um, but, you know, that potential is always there, and that's why they brought him in. And uh, he's become a very big uh, leader in the clubhouses, from my, from my understanding, uh, with the guys and the guys, you know, they like him. Um, he's very for the city. I mean, he wore Philly Fanatic shoes, or the Philly Fanatic wore his shoes when he couldn't wear his shoes uh, during batting practice when they wouldn't let him wear them dur- during the game. But, uh, yeah, the Philly Fanatic put, made um, Bryce Harper's shoes and was dancing around the dugout. So uh, the fans do like him there. Uh, he's a good He's a good fit, but, you know, he's going to go through his ups and downs, as we all know. We've seen it in, in Washington. I'm sorry, you're talking about Bryce? Yeah. Yeah. And you got to think, you know, you think back to the San Francisco Giants, right? And they gave Barry Zito that massive contract after he left the A's, even though he'd had at least one, if not two, back-to-back just terrible seasons. And everybody kind of was jumping all over saving and everything for making that deal and spending all that money. And while he didn't have much of a career with the Giants overall – he did do fantastic in the postseason, especially that World Series where he pitched the first game and he won it. And you know, you can say for that whole contract, yeah, you can say the whole contract was a disaster. But if it helped you win a World Series, then you made the right decision. And so, yeah, all and, it takes is one year. Bryce Harper giving him the title is really yeah. all you have to do. I mean, seriously, that's exactly right. And you know, the jury's still out. Well, oh, yeah. his. His numbers right now are really kind of in line with his career numbers. Um, so he, right now he's got through 336 at bats, 86 hits, which gives him a 256 average with 16 home runs. So, I mean, really you double those numbers over the second half, you know, he's right around 250, 260, which is pretty much where he usually is. Well, you know what's funny is that's not actually accurate because I used to think the same thing. I used to think he's like a low average guy. But then when I went and looked at his numbers career-wise, he kind of seems to go like like an EKG. Well, I'll, He does a 300. And I have two, his career number right here. So 277 is his, his career batting average. Okay. I, I guess I'm saying like 
per year, though. Mm-hmm. He tends to go up and down, up and down, up and down every other year. It's like he has a 300-something year and then a 2-something year yes. and then a 3-something year and then yeah, a 2-something year. Yeah, he's very inconsistent. Yes, I agree so, with that. I guess yep. I don't know like if which one you would expect. Like, like how do you how do you predict which one you're going to get? But that's what I'm saying. You know? Right now, he is in line with his average. So, right. but it's hard to get an average. I see what you're saying because there's two extremes there. But right, um, the home runs he are, is really right about where he usually is. I think the home runs are kind of right right almost on target. Aren't yeah, they? he's you know I a think he's low. a little low. You know, 16 through you know 90 games. So you if know. he doubles it at 32, that's a little low for him. You're hoping you're getting like low. 37, 38. Yeah, I think you're wanting close to 40. You know, what did he hit that one MVP year? Over 40. Yeah, I thought I he had a really how big many. year. How about RBI? Where's he at with RBIs? Is he going to crack 100? That's a good question. I don't have his RBIs here for some reason. Yeah, so I'm thinking RBIs and runs because if he doesn't hit 100 for uh, those, 62. So I mean that's you. Know, oh, yeah. He'll get a hundred. He'll be able to hit a hundred. Yeah, that, he'll get a hundred. That's 100. good. Okay, that's all right. You know, home runs are a little subjective yeah. based on ballpark and things like that. And he's got and eighty-six hits, so I mean he'll end up over one hundred and sixty. Yeah, one hundred sixty. So and fifty-three <laughs> runs. So I mean he'll he'll do a. So probably won't hit. It, probably won't hit a hundred runs. No, he'll get to ninety though. Yeah, yeah. So not a disaster by any stretch of the imagination. No. But, but not superstar. But not for this contract that he signed, right? Right. right. The, the, the big but contract. The first year is always the hardest, right? Because you're, you're, you're trying to live up to the contract, and, and it's not everyone's going to do be, a bond. It's supposed to be a hitter's park, so yeah, you know, um, yeah. it is definitely a hitter's park. But the team um, has not scored as many runs as I would have thought. Yeah, I don't know who level. owns Bryce in our fantasy league, but boy, he might um, be a good guy to try um, to. Uh, uh, better pitch, uh, better have my binky. Ooh, I could, him. I would love to try to get him away. From well, it'd be hard because that guy's now in third place in our division. Yeah, and he's been playing really well. Yeah. So that team's been doing really yeah. well. So he'd be tough to pry away. You'd have to offer a really nice pitcher, I think, mm-hmm. to to do it. But yeah, yeah, I think it might not not wouldn't be a bad acquisition. This, this is the first time but i just don't i don't think i'm gonna mess with my team I, yeah. I just love who i have i feel like i have five good pitchers i don't and i don't have much depth so i don't want to give yeah. one up you know i'm like if Pitching i give is one the up, commodity you can't my lineup always produces yeah. so you know it's weird last I am, week i had five outstanding pitchers all do terrible <laughs> And that's because I was playing Brian. So. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Everything has to everything has to collapse. Yeah. You know, I I traded away lost. Quintana to pick up Peterson, and so far it's been a pretty equal trade. I mean, Quintana has had I think one or two good starts and three bad ones. Jock has had two good weeks and one iffy week. So yeah. you know, it it, it kind of worked out okay. We both kind of got what we needed. It just depends what you need. Yeah. Yeah. And Quintana, of course, if he ends up getting hot, you know, I'll I'll regret it. But boy, that guy was driving me crazy because when you have that pitcher that you you want to start because of name value and potential, but they usually don't produce. And then you see somebody you should have started every time you're like, well, that guy always produces. Why didn't I start him? And then, you know, so it's just like, sometimes it's better to get those guys out of your roster. So you're not tempted, yeah. you know, like in football, sometimes if you got five good receivers, get rid of one of them, uh-huh, you know, yeah. make it so that you can play them all. So it's the decision making that gets you. <laughs> exactly. Dude, it's, well, I, but I don't know if you saw in the last article that the, that the site did, I am the number one, uh, manager in terms of of deciding who you should start and who you shouldn't start that's pretty cool and uh well not that it, it i still have an under 500 record but uh hey first game or first uh, i'm playing the best team in the league and i've got a lead after one day so uh and i'm, I'm and i'm up three starts so see what happens you know nice. it's always fun to be a good team even if you aren't going to make the playoffs which i still could oh yeah, all i have to do is if i just win four out of five i should be at least one in. game so, back yeah, yeah so I, I'm, I'm right in there um so let's do the trivia question again 
what are the most runs scored in a Major League Baseball All-Star game? I have the number of runs, the score, and the field, and the year. So I oh, can wow. uh, give you all the information. We can answer all the questions. JP, hmm. do you have one off the top of your head? you just want to throw out a random number? I've got the answer, and if I tell you know, how I know the answer, you're going to get – Nate will get the question. Okay, so you're, you're, you're on the back burner. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> really, Nate, you're, you're on the hot seat. Man, that is a tough question. I mean, I want to say 30. You know, but it's probably not that high. It's not that high. Yeah, so I'm. I would guess twenty six. Not that high. Okay. So it's twenty one. Twenty one. Okay. Wow. Now that's uh, not as high as I would have thought. Huh. So AL or NL? Who do you think won? AL. They did. Yeah. I know they've won most of the games in the last 20 years. I was just years. a guess based on uh, percentages. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the crazy thing is the NL was ahead in terms of total they wins. They still forever. are, aren't they? I think they're one up now. Yeah. But they were up by like 20. Yeah. And I think the AL has won like seven out of the last Well, they've won six in a row, I want to say. But they've no won like yes. 18 of the last like 25 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so. maybe even more. Yeah. yeah. Like, they, I, I can remember two times the NL won. Yeah. And that's it. That's the only two times I can remember. Yeah. So they do um, have some weird sort of dominance. Yeah. It's just an, and, and, you know, the NL used to dominate it. And a lot of people don't realize is they used to do two all-star games every year. There was the Midsummer Classic in July, but then there was a post-World Series game. But remember, the seasons were shorter back then. So baseball was done in mid-September, and they would play an all-star game in the beginning of October. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. They did it for like 10 yep. or 12 years. In the seventies or right. I want to say the fifties. Oh, in the fifties. Yeah, oh. way back. Wow. Or sixties. I think because I think Willie Mays did a whole bunch of doubles or double double yeah. double appearances yeah, both yeah. in the midsummer huh. and in the end of the I year. I did not know that. So I I wouldn't mind seeing that again. Although yeah. no way players would ever agree to that because that's a chance for All injury. right. So that had to have happened in the last twenty years. It did. Okay. So go ahead and see if JP. I mean, well, JP said he knows. So yeah, JP. What's that? Well, so where was the what year and where was the game played? Oh yeah, let me guess where the game oh, okay. was too. Okay, so year and game pl- and where it was played. Uh huh. So the score was thirteen to eight. Okay, thirteen to eight. Oh, man, <laughs> I'm gonna guess that the game was played in Cleveland when they you know, opened. That, nope. Oh, you think Jacobs Field? Yeah, Jacobs Field. Nope, it's not. Nope. Okay. Nope. Hmm. You've been there. <laughs> nope. Oh. Uh Kansas City? Nope. St. Louis? Nope. Uh Coors Field? Yep. <laughs> I was gonna say you have to drive past it. <laughs> wow. And do you know what year that was? I mean that makes sense, right? It's sure. the offensive ballpark. That was when Bonds had a real I would game. say the 90s. So, 99? Almost. 98. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Close. So, yeah. The reason I actually know that, you guys, I actually uh, got hired through my friend Josh Diner and a contact from Fleer Baseball Cards in New York to work FanFest for two days. So, I worked for Fleer Baseball Cards for that All-Star game. Damn, that's cool. Oh, yeah. That is cool. 
or they play like two series. Yeah. Then they play maybe a quarter. Yeah. Then they play almost three quarters. Yep. And then they don't play at all. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, about one game. Yeah, they play about a game. But yeah. I mean, they need that just to get warmed up. I think. I suppose, but boy, it's hard they, to play. It's hard to if simulate you games cut back, back to two anything. preseason and just did two preseason games and then added two to the season. I mean, there's a lot of things that yeah, NFL's a, there's, you take a lot of abuse. But it's also an opportunity to make more money. I mean, if you're gonna, I mean, obviously the the owners would have to agree to, you know, pay more money over the, that 18 game span. But right, you know, why wouldn't you if you have more revenue coming in? It's a whole nother home game. But do they make more revenue if they cut out those preseason games? Because I know when I was a season ticket holder for the Broncos, I couldn't pick and choose. I had to buy both preseason and regular all the regular season games. Which you think they're going to make money off a preseason game than they would a regular season game? Well, all the tickets, every game costs the same. No, they don't. They did when I had season tickets. Preseason is less. When I, yeah, Mark's right. They all that cost the same for me when I had season tickets. Say that again. They were. They all cost the same when I had season tickets. Yeah, but that's if you have season tickets. Right. If I if I if I go to the preseason and I don't have season tickets and I buy a ticket, it's probably going to cost me 50 bucks. But oh. if I go to a regular season game and buy a ticket, it's going to cost me 100 Yeah, that you can change that. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, NFL, or at least stadium-wise, they're looking for mostly for the season ticket holders, which is a, which is a huge chunk of the revenue. But how much? Oh, I would 50%? say 70%. Really? Mm-hmm. How many? So if you have a 50,000-person stadium – how many of those are season ticket holders? So let's see. What are they, they, they seat? 60,000 people? Let's say yes. So 6,000, right? You can't have more than that. That are, Can you? Really? I would say Broncos, that probably two-thirds of the Broncos crowds are season ticket holders. How many, JP? About two-thirds of the Broncos crowd are season ticket holders. So 60%. So 65%. So that's way because the only the only Broncos tickets I've ever gotten or have been able to buy from someone have been season tickets. When in yeah. one year we had season tickets because they opened them up more of them for people uh-huh. to buy, and that's when um, we all went in when the NFC East was coming here, so we could go all, all watch our teams at Spice. So huh. we kicked in that year because the Optimus Club had a set that they didn't the Lunch and Optimus Club had a set they didn't want to use, so we bought theirs. Okay, so and they, they were nosebleed seats. We were upper deck end zone. That's interesting. This is huh. pretty wild. So let me find. It just seems like there's so Why much more opportunity every... there to fluctuate pricing. If, um, if you're able to sell them by game, but this says. I guess you're right. It is guaranteed. Last money. season, 97% of the seating capacity at Mile High Stadium came from season ticket holders, wow. leaving just 3% yeah. for single teams. That's shocking to me. And it says wow. the current waiting list is over 84,000 people long. Wow. Look, well, I, it makes sense from the standpoint that a lot of those season tickets are the big money, you know, the the suites and the boxes and you know, the really good seats on the 50-yard line. So a lot of those are the really expensive seats too, right? So it's guaranteed money coming in the door for eight games. I don't know if anybody – I get that. Does anybody own a suite or do you have to buy them each game, you think? Well, I don't know. No, you, no, you, 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 can, you own a suite. Oh, you own the suite. Yeah. Okay. They get sold down to, to, to companies and okay. private ownership. 
And then those companies can decide if they want to sell those off to somebody else to rent. Yeah. Okay. Because I know huh. we went to a game, a Nuggets game at work, and they had a suite. And uh, but I don't know if they bought that suite from. Yeah. The no, team I or mean from, we have. I've gotten tickets from like our Cisco guys in the past, you know, and they have a box at Coors Field, or at least they used to. I don't know if they still do, but. I have not gotten to see one at Coors Field. I bet that's fun. Oh yeah, I've sat club level. Yeah, and then even that is really nice. Oh, the club of the... boxes are amazing. Yeah, especially if you get like the catering and all that. Oh my gosh. See, that's the key. Is that when I went there, we were just had seats. You could order at your seat. You yeah, know, come yeah. bring it to your seat yeah. for an extra massive fee. Yeah, you could get like steak, Oscar, and. But they, I, what I remember is they had the amazing ice cream parlor in the in the air conditioned area behind mm-hmm. the seats, and that was was huge because yeah. you could go get like a, a you know five scoop sundae with mm-hmm. amazing ice like like sweet cow ice cream and you know yeah. oh, you got to come down to Denver I'll take you over to Little Man place is amazing I have heard them twice in like two weeks now and I was shocked because I've always thought sweet cow was was by far and away the greatest ice cream I've ever had I think this place is better. Well, I'm gonna have to try them then, because because yeah. yeah, sweet cow to me is just spectacular. Yeah. So um, I I do want to try it. Hopefully, uh, supposedly my uh, uh, I probably shouldn't jinx it, but supposedly yeah, I got something coming. So right. I'll be able to do a lot more. Uh, What's her name? Enjoyable. Oh. <laughs> her name is Jameson. Oh, That's why I knew JP would like her. I, I'll never forget. Oh, story later. Um, <laughs> but we actually there was an actually we went to a strip club once with some of my work people. And there was a stripper named Jameson. Oh, and I was like, oh, that's priceless. You know, and she was easily the most beautiful woman in the place. But uh, anyway, uh, so, yeah, so AL has actually won eight all-star games in a row. Eight. And wow. the overall record is almost a dead heat. So That's crazy. A um, couple of things that happened that don't usually happen. Uh, DJ LeMayhew, first position player to bunt since 1991. Uh, Paul DeJong and Pete Alonso put off the, full, the first double steal in like 20 years. There was only two home runs in the game and 23 strikeouts. Yeah, Charlie Charlie Blackman and Joey Gallo, right? Oh, I'll bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah Blackman, that was a great boy. His man. first All Star hit. He was like was it really? for he was like 0 for 10 or something. Wow. Yeah, having a good 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 year, man. He's 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 bouncing back in he a big is way. Such a good hitter. Such wow. a good player, man. How many, years, how many years do you think we got left of him? Two. Yeah, because he's getting older. Yeah. I mean, the steals are going to start really dropping if they, they haven't have, already. They already have quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, was like three years ago he had 40 or something, you know, and yeah. now he's probably below 20. So It's just always so funny when you look at a player and, like, they have that oh, amazing 30-30 or 20-20. You're like, oh, this guy's posed for stardom. What do they always do? They go for the home runs and they abandon it's steals too, 100%. Yeah, it's just too hard to maintain that pace with the steals these days. I don't know why. That's just it's steals Basically, are a young in the game these days, you know. Yeah, they are. Once it's, you get up there and, and you just start going for muscle. It's not the same as you. I think just all catchers just have cannons now and the pitchers hold them well to the base and yep. it's tough to steal a bag. No, the, the cannon thing is I think you're right. Yeah. We got catcher has gone back to the defensive position as big opposed to time, offensive. I mean, Contreras obviously doing well. Real Muto doing well. Uh, not a lot you know, of hitting Sanchez catches, is doing though. well, but it's a, it's a thin, a thin, uh, yeah, not yeah, a lot yeah. of hitting catchers. Your boy with Tanaka got the W and Chapman got the save. So the first time the Yankees yep. have gotten the save and the win yep. in quite a while, Justin Verlander, he accused baseball in an interview before the game of juicing the ball intentionally. What do you think? Well, yeah, I don't know if like yeah, I think I think they are. 
You know, I mean, you look at the offense as statistically just keeps climbing. Well, I know JP points out the home run numbers all the time, and we're on the way to a record. Oh, absolutely, we are. I think we're, I think we're on. The way to a and they're, they're on. They're on. They're on. The pace right now hit uh, three thousand six hundred home runs by the end of the season. Over three thousand. They've never topped. And we've never topped three thousand, right? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not hundred percent sure. See that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's a spider walking around the light. Hopefully, it's not a brown recluse or something. Dude, I tell you, that spider that we saw—well, you didn't—you weren't here when I moved in my stuff. Oh, you uh, told me. My God, dude, that thing was like the size of a like a full silver dollar body. You know, I still—I I don't know what happened to it. Then it disappeared. That's probably him. <sighs> no, <laughs> much bigger than that. Oh. That's a tiny little spider. Yeah. But I think that spider's—I I guess he must have gotten in through the <laughs> insulation or something. How did he get inside the light? I mean that thing's screwed up to the that thing's screwed on the wall. All right, well who knows? Who cares? Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked to find out that they're juicing it again because so home I, runs I, make baseball exciting. Tanaka had a couple things to say too, I think, and I think he had said something about how the laces seemed lower on the ball. Oh, so it's tighter. Yeah. So and he's and the ball seemed harder. That's never what you want as a pitcher. Oh my but, god. And Manfred. So, but Manfred says they haven't changed anything. They haven't attempted to alter the baseball at all. Yeah, well, of course, it's what Manfred's going to say. But who knows? I mean, he could be telling. Why? You. What's the point? Why wouldn't he just say, "Yeah, we, you know, we changed the ball a little bit"? Or the well, because then you're are... saying that you're you're intentionally favoring offense, and you don't want to say that. Why? I just think it hurts the integrity of the game. Don't you think? No. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you be pissed off as a pitcher? Wouldn't they all be racing hell? I don't know. You think Not if just, that's the standard. Just say, hey, we're just we're just we're just going for home runs. We don't care. Well, <laughs> I think it's more than that. I think it's what's best for baseball. What is best for baseball? I mean, what it's the commissioner's watches. job to figure that out, right? Yeah. So I mean, so to me, I guess because in football, like you change rules, but you don't change the ball. You don't change the dimensions of the field. Yeah. Well, hey, know? that's a great segue into what I wanted to talk about earlier because. They are trying some really cool stuff in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned, they have that robotic ump at the uh, Atlantic League game recently uh, where they still have a human behind the plate with an earpiece, and he basically, like I said, regurgitates what the computer tells him to. Um, they're doing uh, some other things such as getting rid of the shift. Oh, uh, you can't employ the shift? Yeah, you can employ the shift. I don't know what the rule is, like if the second or the shortstop can't come past second base, or like I'm really not sure how they're defining it, but I know there there's one league that they're not allowing the shift. Um, another one they wanted to move the mound back two feet, and then they decided against that two feet. Yeah. Wow. Um, I thought that what they should do instead of messing with the length of the mound is just lower the mound. Right. You know, just that, Breaking which is what they've done. They've way. done that a few times, raised and lowered the mound. Yeah, they raised the it years. after the Bob Gibson year, right? Yes. Yeah, so I think they should lower it down back to where it was then, you know, yeah. and see what that does. But um, that's simple change, you know. He's doing a lot of different things. So I think it'll be real interesting to see kind of what they learn from it. Um, you know, the three batter thing is another one that they implemented. Oh, oh, minimum of three yeah, batters minimum before you three change pitchers. Batters, yeah, yeah, I like that. I don't like the 
the how often i mean I, I, and i know why they do it they're playing percentages right i mean that's yeah. a huge part of it but think of it from a player's standpoint i mean what if you are you know that's that's your thing i mean you're this lefty guy in the bullpen and that's your job is to come in and get their best hitter out in the yeah. eighth inning yep. i mean that would piss me off yeah you know, hey, that is – I have clearly defined my role in the MLB, and that's what it is, and they're taking that away. No, that's a great point. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm, the coming, I'm the lefty specialist. Yeah. I am here to get Bonds out. I mean, I mean, Bonds isn't playing, but, you know, right to get that dominating lefty out. Yes. Get Cody Bellinger out. Yes. You know? It's Absolutely. Like, yeah. No, I don't like that change either. I also – but I also don't like changing pitchers six times in an inning – you know, because he gave up a hit, you know, and it's like, oh, you know, well, but I mean, then you I, limit you the roster size, then yeah. you limit the roster size, you know, because and you, then you that, can only dress so many relievers. Every and then game. that forces the manager to make decisions. Look, I got 25 guys for this game. And if you can't make it work, yeah, then you didn't do your job. Right. The college football you did know? that, right? Like you have, yeah. you have all these guys on scholarships. You can only dress this many. Yes. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. But, you know, why not? I think they're doing it the right way. Try it in the minors. Mm-hmm. See how things go. Mm-hmm. If things go well, then you try it in the majors. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. No, it works for me. Any other ones you can think of? Any other new rules? I can't think off the top of my head what any of the rest of them were. Uh, oh, one was interesting about stealing first base. So any bobble or drop or pass ball or hearing the at-bat would allow you to steal first. Even if it's not like third strike. Correct. No kidding. Yes. So pass ball. Yes. Anytime, anytime you can run to first. Anytime and, he drops. But if you decide to it run, has, the ball has to hit the ground. But if you decide to run, now you're committed. A, a throw to first gets you out of yeah. You get there it's first. a strike, which I think considered would you would be considered a strikeout victim probably. Oh, interesting. So I don't know how they would huh. statistically, you know, quantify that. But yeah, um, that's another one. I like that they're though. trying out. I think it would speed the game up a little bit. Yeah, I just interesting wrinkle. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, just make things interesting. I, you know, I'm I'm fine. I am not a I don't baseball think it would purist. Change the game that much, but yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not an obsessive purist where it's like can't change anything. You know, it's like I was. I all like about most of the getting, changes. It's all about getting better, isn't it? Yeah. Like, wouldn't you? Don't Keep the you product want fresh? Yeah, you want the product the best it can be, and yeah. you know, I think. Yeah, like you said, trying the things out in the minor leagues is the way to do it, and you know, you learn that way. And you know, it'd be really interesting. And what if they shorten the bases from ninety to eighty-eight feet or eighty eighty-nine feet? You know, like how much more offense would we see? Probably a lot. Oh yeah, you know, a ton more. Although maybe half of that would get canceled out by the fielders being a foot closer. Oh, the other one I saw you bring. Uh, I remember now they were extending the bag by a three inch diameter oh that's interesting i wonder if that would that speed things up or slow things down i don't know if it would have an effect on pace or not i think the point of it was more towards injuries yeah i think that's the point the runner a little more room and it also gives the defender you know a little more room reduce collisions yeah yeah so I think that's it. kind of more the point of that. I, I I mean, I'm not sure. Interesting. That's just a guess. But, yeah, so a lot of different things going on, and I, I like it. I like that Manfred's doing some different things and trying some different things out because I worry about baseball, man. It's my mm-hmm. my passion, my love. I love it, and uh, I just think it's kind of probably struggling a little bit right now. Yeah. You know? I think it'll be fine. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, 
Yeah, do do. You know, Nate, I've got an interesting tidbit about the robot umpire. They actually used that, from my understanding, in a Lakewood Blue Calls game. That's the low-class single A for the Philadelphia Phillies down at the Jersey Shore. Beautiful little stadium down there. Cool. The Jersey Shore. I wonder if Snooki was there catching the ball game. Uh, boy, I haven't heard her name in a long time. Her and Wow used to be all over the place all the time, and now I don't hear anything about them. Good, you know, good riddance. Five minutes of fame. Right. Yeah. Well, they, they yep. just found out the hard way, like so many other people do, is once you're no longer in your 20s, you don't if, – if you were about looks and, or, you know, sex appeal, after your 20s, the media ignores you, even if people still like you. Uh, moving on to the NBA, big move, big move, another big one. Russell Westbrook is going to the Rockets. JP, any chance the Rockets win a title with this new uh, this new grouping? Are you talking about Westbrook? Yeah, Westbrook went to the Rockets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, with Westbrook on the Rockets and CP3 gone, um, y- y- your, your problem still isn't fixed. It's the coach. Hmm. Well, so this is what they all, all what they did. And I can't remember, I, there was some other player that they picked up, the Rockets did, that made them look a little bit better um, in terms of their, of their, of their lineup. But uh, they gave away a lot to get uh, Russell Westbrook. And if this doesn't work, they needed boy. to keep Chris Paul. Well, there's just no way to keep Chris Paul and bring in a superstar unless it's a free agent. Yeah, right? I don't so. know how they would have made the deal without, well, and without also, Chris Paul. But. Chris Paul didn't, and Harden don't want to play. Like, Harden wouldn't play with Chris Paul anymore. So, I mean, they had to do something. They had to get rid of one of them. So, um, but I, I, they also gave away their first-round picks in 2024 and 2026 and also are swapping first-round picks in 2021 and 2025. How does that swap thing work? It just means that you, you're trading first-round picks instead of just giving a first-round pick. So you're giving me your 2024 well, and 2026 pick, and in 2021 and 2025, you and I swap picks if your but pick is you, better than mine. Oh, oh, okay. That was what I was going to ask because yeah. how do you know where the advantage is? You know, what I'm if you're pretty sure you get to make the call as a team that's receiving the, the opportunity. Yeah. You can say if you are worse than us, we get your pick. And if we're worse, we get to keep it. We ours. get to keep it. Okay, that makes sense. I okay. think that's the deal. Otherwise, okay. what would be the point, right? Yeah, that's why I didn't understand that. Yeah. I saw in the paper, I'm like, well, what if you're worse or better? I, I mean, that's my understanding, but JP might, I mean, if JP, if you know different, let us know because I don't, I'm not positive on that. No, that makes sense. I no, mean, I, I think you, uh, you hit it right on the head. You know, swapping picks is just doing that, you know, depending. It, it's basically saying, we'll give you our pick, you take a, you know, um, whichever picks, because by that time another team should be better or worse, and so on and so forth. So they're just swapping out picks. But I mean, let's say you've got the Chicago Bulls and the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're making a trade. Okay, they trade next year. They swap, you know, 2020 and 2021. Okay, but at the time of the trade, the Bulls are way better than the Timberwolves at the time of the trade. Okay, the trade right. works out much better for the Timberwolves, and that year they have a much better year, and so they have a much lower draft, or I guess higher, however you want to put it. They pick later, right? A better year, so they would pick. pick later, right? So not only did they win the trade, you know, they oh they would lose their draft, they would have so that way it would work. But if it went the other way and the Bulls had a good year, 
right? And the well, I'm just saying like, there's so many different scenarios. I think there. this is why they the majority of these first round picks are 2024 through 2026. So we're talking five yeah, years. Yeah, that's why. Starts. So you're thinking that maybe Harden and or Westbrook have moved on, yeah, or, but or, just, or Houston sucks by that point. My, my point of all of it is, right now, how do you know if that's an advantage for you or not? You don't. Okay. But but you've you picked don't. up, and that's why you, and that's why you see it in the later in the later years of 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 the deal. It's you'll it's never see that. Way, be, you know, in a, in a year deal, you're never going to see that. Well, I mean, it, you, you're talking about two of these picks; they just get the pick. Oh, I know that. So, I mean, you've, you've acquired two first round but picks. But I just didn't understand the and, announcement of swapping two picks because it might be to your advantage and it might not. So, right. what's, the, what's the point? I don't know. Well, I guess. the point is saying that, you know, we can even get a sweeter deal if you guys collapse and we end up doing well with our draft picks and yeah. stuff. We get your draft pick. But it's such a what-if scenario. It is, but point. you think about the Detroit Pistons. What uh, the, the year that Carmelo came out, you know, and they could have gotten Carmelo instead of taking Darko Milicic, and they had just won the title. Yeah, and it was like, oh my god, how they get the second pick? It was because they had the option to swap. If the other team had a better pick, they could take it. Right, and so that's that's where it works. Otherwise, I mean, maybe it doesn't work. Yeah. but you still picked up two picks, and you got to figure. So you got you got their twenty twenty four and twenty six pick. Mm-hmm. You can swap for their twenty five. Sure. If if you know, I, I think he obviously the Rockets. Houston's going all or nothing right now. It's like we're going for a three year all or nothing, and it's over. They have to. It's their window. Harden's yeah. turning thirty this season. Yeah. So. This is absolutely. This yeah, is the window. This so is it. I think that the, I think it's a smart move or a smart idea at least for the Oklahoma City saying we could end up for three years in a row getting the top five pick out of this team. But that's how they, you know, that's how they built their first team with Westbrook, Harden and Durant, you Mm -hmm. know, but I mean, boy, you look at those three guys, they made it to a couple of titles or maybe just one, one title game. And they weren't able to win it with those three. So what makes you think that an older Westbrook and Harden minus Durant can win when there's so many other teams out there, like the Lakers and the Clippers and the Warriors, even the Nuggets, the Nuggets. Absolutely. That are going to be probably better teams. No, I couldn't agree more. I I don't think it's enough. I think they had they need to they needed something else. They're going to need a third player. Yeah. And I don't know if I, I, my guess is they try and acquire one in midseason. But boy, you've given away a lot of your capital, man. Yeah, I mean, what, what else are you offering? You don't have any more picks left. Your 2020 pick and your 2022 pick. I mean, yeah, are you really going to give those up? You're going to get to a point where you have no first future. round picks for seven years. Yeah, you're going to be terrible <laughs> for a decade. Just to try to bring uh, a championship, yeah. You know, and, and there's They're also definitely selling out. There's that contention that the uh, the Oklahoma uh, Oklahoma City, if they had kept, was it? I don't know if it was Sergi Ibaka, whoever their big the, the big center they had, mm-hmm. and they let him over the Ibaka, and they uh, they said that that was that was the end of that was the end of the chance. Like they they just the window started closing right after that. Mm-hmm. They did end up making that one final a few years later, where they lost to the Heat, I think. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's just interesting. Well, they lo- did they lose lose Ibaka before they lost Harden? No, they yes. Oh, okay, he went and then first. Harden went the next year, mm-hmm. yeah. and then Harden. I, I, if if I remember right, Harden like forced his way out, didn't he? Didn't he like? Well, he, he was probably to, third he was, fiddle to those other two. So well, I think he was a bench player like Ginobili, and it pissed him off. Oh, and they didn't want to start him all the time oh, because I think be. if they did that, then they have to pay him the full mm-hmm. starter thing, and then they couldn't afford that. Yeah, sure. But that was you hit it right on the head, Mark. He he was yeah. a, he was the sixth man off the bench, and he didn't like it. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, I understand. I wouldn't want to be a six man either. Yeah, but, especially if you're that good. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you want to be like, but I want to win a. Do you want to win a title or do you want to get paid? And you know what? You can't really blame somebody who says I want to get paid. No. So that is a big freaking spider, though. I told you. That's not nearly the size of that <laughs> other one, but that's a big spider. Uh, I just I'm going to be watching him walk around there for the next like four days until he croaks. Um, anyway, uh, other thing that happened was uh, Danny Green went back to the Spurs. So the Spurs basically rented him to the. Uh, Raptors for a year and, he got, and a got a uh, draft pick and a uh, and uh, Rosen out of it and then bring him back so mm-hmm. it works out pretty well I mean it worked out for both teams obviously yeah um, still kind of bad for the Raptors I mean they're going to kind of tumble a bit but um, hey you know what uh, Miami is a good example of uh, it works out you know you get your title then you can just dismantle your team for the next five years and then go for another title you know in, in the end is that better than making it too much of title games and not winning Probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I can tell you from the Dodgers going to back-to-back World Series and then four years of like the NLCS, but no World Series championships, man, it gets it, it does wear on you. I mean, thank God we've got Dave Robertson, not uh, Don Mattingly, but uh, yeah. still, it's it's not a title. I don't I don't think I don't think it's Dave Roberts' fault, but I think he's been fantastic. But um, still, still don't have a title. So uh, we talked about Melvin Gordon earlier. He is demanding a new contract if he doesn't get it by. I think he said it was training camp or by the first week of preseason that he wants to trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know what to think about these. Uh, how many running backs are worth breaking the bank for? Zero. I think that that's that's my that's my feeling. JP, what do you? <laughs> that's. Think? I, I would agree with you on that. I mean, the the running back. I mean, you've you've seen it. There's only a couple out there that are worth the money. But uh, Le'Veon Bell set the example now of, you know, he actually took less money than the Steelers were going to give him to go to the Jets. I remember so it was about a million less. Um, now, it's set the table because Gordon said well, he won't right? the whole season. Out. Kind of. He didn't get more yeah. money. He thought he was going to get more money. And oh, he got right. Well, well, no, he got more money guaranteed. Then he was going to get from the but yeah, his, but he his still lost was, money on the deal though. Well, because he didn't sign his franchise yeah. tenure, right? So he lost yeah. a full year of yeah. pay, which that I still think was as stupid as hell. It's like, yeah. dude, if you sign a franchise, so that was tag, about making a point for him. He right. wanted to absolutely. He wanted to be like, look, this but is I'm in control. I know how many players like hate that franchise tag, but you kind of want to be like, and I get it, right? You're like, why won't you make a commitment to me for the next six years? Or it's like I don't understand thing. why they hate it because. But, it's I the think, most money. I, I think mean, it's, it's their, crazy money. Their agents are saying, oh, no, 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 you need this long-term. We need term. 130 yeah, million yeah, contract, yeah, so yeah, I get yeah. a big cut. Yeah, we need this long-term but deal. I mean, That's what it is. Franchises, you get what? You get the average of the top three, three. top three players in the I position. I think it's top three, yeah. So you're going to yep. be taking home a crazy amount of money each year they yeah. do that. I'd be like, sign me that three years in a row. Oh, it's double, I'll take that $100 million. It's double-digit million dollar for one year. At least. And for it, some it, pretty much every – Pretty much every position. I would guess for running backs, it's probably 15 to 16 million, and for receivers, probably maybe 17. not quite that high. I think it's yeah. more like 10 to 12 for a running back. Oh, maybe. is it that low? Yeah, I think so. Okay. No, no, I, no, I think Mark, I, Mark's right. I think it was, it was, I think it was like um, 14, right around 14, 13. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Now, for Cousins, because for quarterbacks, oh, that's where it really came. I mean, he was like making like 30 a year. He is making 30. No, I mean, before he left Washington. What he was making in Washington? As, as franchise tag 
tagged it twice in a row. Oh, I'm sure he was, it was like making thirty million. Close. It wasn't had to it? be 33. close. It had to be something like that. So I mean, yeah. it worked out fine for him. He made a small fortune, and uh, his and cards, he still has a chance to. I mean, uh, he was lucky a that he didn't get hurt. Yeah, you know, and then, I mean, to be that good of a quarterback in free agency, it just is so rare. Right. You know, and it, these it's, days, it's not like he's this like incredible quarterback. He's not like you know like a Peyton Manning. That was. You know, a once in a million free agent. Yeah, that was just a. But I mean, fluke, he's really. but he, you know, he's a top fifteen guy. You know, Agreed. and you don't even see that happen very often. No, no definite. And starters. so I think nope. the Vikings at that point were like, "Gosh, we've got all the pieces here except that." You know, I think if we add a guy that's a little above average to this great team, we can make a shot. Especially after Castle had taken you to the NLCS. Yeah, but they certainly it. took a step backwards, which is frustrating. So well, what did happen? Because Remember when you and I were watching, I think it was Monday Night Football, the, the Rams line. versus the, the Vikings? Yeah. So it was just the line just collapsed. So it's not his fault then. No, I don't think so. I think some of it's his fault. For whatever reason, he does seem to tr- have trouble in the spotlight. So I don't oh, know. Like, primetime games. Yeah. yeah. Any kind of clutch moment or anything like that, like he needs to uh, figure that out soon. Or that's just going to become a moniker for yeah. him. But, um because he's certainly boy, has the talent. I mean, my God, Diggs and Thielen were two of the top scoring. I'll tell you the other. I'll tell you the other problem was Dalvin Cook. So you know, yeah. when you have a running back that is impactful, you do take a lot away from. You know, you make yourself multidimensional. You know, and losing him, they weren't able to move the ball on the ground the same, and so yep. it was pretty easy to lock down Diggs and Thielen. You can lock down two guys, right? You mm-hmm. know. Now, well, that's, that's why it was so critical that they signed Rudolph back. Yes. Because if they had lost him and that over that middle of the threat. Yes. Because they still disaster. don't have a slot guy. Right. Really. And then they added a second tight end. So that, I think, will make them a little they more dangerous this year. Do a little more two tight end sets. Yes. Yeah. I think it'll this be is, good. Gary this Kubiak is, year... is running that offense. It's oh, gonna is be, he? Yeah. This is, the year for, uh, this is the year for Delvin to me. Delvin has to make his stamp this year. If he doesn't, then he's in danger of. Oh yeah, his dropping. career could be over. Right. I mean, he, well, I, I mean, I think I, I'm guessing he'd get a, a contract, but not a big one. No, it'll be small. It would potatoes. be incentive laced. Yeah. 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 Um, so that, these are the guys that you hope that they save their money from their from their rookie deal. Yeah. Hope you put that eight million dollars away. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> the guy's certainly talented, and when he plays, he's very impactful. But I mean, if you're not on the field, man, you know, what good are you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like it, I mean, we we're not there yet, but in a few weeks here, we'll we'll start doing some serious uh, fancy football prep work here and, and, and shows. And uh, boy, I think running back is going to be interesting this year. Very. I mean, but I think there's a lot marks. more running backs than like last year. It was scary. If you didn't get one of those top five running backs, you were kind of like, I either have to reach for a running back or hope to God I make the right pick at quarterback or receiver here. I think there's a lot well. of late picks though, with running back that could be really good. Well, especially like committees or vultures, yeah, yeah. But I, I think there's, I think there's a, I think there's a good thirteen to fourteen first, second round worthy picks, or at least potentials oh, this yeah. year. Where last year there wasn't very many. Yeah. I mean, gone is the hope of getting Christian McCaffrey anywhere out of the top four. Um, he's he's a <laughs> lock into the top, to me, the top two. Yeah. Um, Le'Veon, I think, has fallen out of the top ten if not further, yep. but I think someone may reach on him and think, you know, Hey, he could recapture his glory. I mean, the, the jets don't have a terrible offensive yeah. line. Um, yeah. My buddy yesterday offered because Brad was trying to trade that fifth pick. Right. And he, did you see what the offer was? 
Oh, no, I don't know how to see an offer. Huh? Oh, okay. I didn't see if, know if the league can see that, but it was something. So Matt has McCaffrey, and he was going to, you know, he wanted to move up from whatever pick he was at to the fifth pick. And he was going to give McCaffrey the pick and Muhammad Sanu. And then he would get back Odell Beckham in the pick and some like running back. I think it was carry on Johnson. Dude, I, I would, I, if I was Brad, I'd have done that in a heartbeat. He was like, hell no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. He didn't want to pick up McCaffrey. He didn't want to give up OBJ the pick and carry on Johnson. I think that I don't want to lose carry on Johnson. I think that, that was the clincher. I think he wanted to put somebody else in for carry on. And Matt was like, I have to have a running back. Yeah. The rest that, of your backs aren't as good. Well, so. that's the one thing I've learned from Brad for the last like five or six years in football and baseball is Chill. trades with him are they're much next to impossible. Yeah. Well, because and, and I won't say he's I'm not going to say he's different than I am, but like I can't go into a trade and come out the other end and feel like I didn't get the best part of the trade. I agree. Because it's like, well, I don't want to make my team worse. Yeah. And he's always trying to do it. Reminds me kind of the trades that you used to send to sure. me like the very beginning of baseball when it would just be I, like I like, always tried to pull the wool over like, somebody's I'm eyes. I'm never going to give up that guy for that guy. Yeah. Why would I do that? Yeah. But like what was he was trying to do? Brad was trying to get um Oh, the week that Kimbrell was coming off of, you know, had gotten signed, he wanted to trade me some scrub for him. He's like, well, your, your season's over. And yeah. I'm like, what? Even if my season was over, why would I just give you a, a top five closer yeah. for nothing? And he's like, well, because your season's over, might as well let me win. And I'm like, oh, do you know anything about competition? He tried to trade me uh, <laughs> Austin Riley for Clayton Kershaw. Oh, dude, he tried to move him for so <laughs> many players. And then he I was finally, like, the guy's good now, but what's well, he going to be in two weeks? Yeah. I said, I know where Kershaw's going to be in two yeah, weeks. Yeah, Kershaw will be good till the end. Yeah. And, yeah, Brad's hilarious that way. He just seems – it is just funny when people do that thing where they think like they, – they think they're playing with somebody who knows nothing about the sport or something, you mm-hmm. know? And you're like, dude, I've been playing fantasy football for 12 years or 14 yeah, years. Yeah, I think a lot of it is you of just don't you, – you aren't sure how somebody else values a player compared to you. Right. And right. maybe it's not – that's, you know, that's how well, it was when I used to throw trades. I'm like, well, maybe he doesn't value that guy like right. I do. Well, Brad doesn't like to offer, often, offer open-ended, which is what he should be doing, which is yeah. I, I don't need Austin Riley. What would you give me for him? Yeah. And because he asked me that question, yeah. and I offered him something low, and he was like, wow, Jesus, that's worse than the guy who's offering me this. And I said, I, I said well, dude, you're talking about a rookie. I countered with Tanaka. I was like, I'll give you Tanaka oh, that, see, for Austin fair. Riley. And he's like, no way. You know, I'm like, dude, that's a wow, fair he trade. Because he needs pitching. That's the, he should have done that in a heartbeat. Do it. I, and yeah. then after a while, I was like, gosh, I'm glad I didn't do that. I guess he had stars in his eyes. Yeah. And he was like, hey, I got this guy who's just coming gangbusters out of the minors. Yeah. I can trade him away and get myself a top flight yeah. starter. And but it's like, nobody else no believes one, in him either. <laughs> well, it's like, first of all, no one's got a top flight starter. To get a top flight starter, you're going to, to give up Bryce Harper. Yeah. You're going to, to give up um, Mookie Betts. Right. You're going to, to give up, you know, Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. No pitching is so hard to get. So mm-hmm. great pitching is hard to find. Yeah. So, um, you know, brought up something else and that it, it jumped out of my mind and now I'm bummed because I thought it was a really good topic. But um, I wanted to talk real quick about Duke Johnson. Where do you know where it was the Browns were trying to trade him? Because he is still angry about being trying to be dealt in the off season. And I don't even realize, I, I remember when I read about it, like I was surprised they wanted to move him. I thought, man, you got Chubb and Hunt to run. You got Duke you can put at running backs or wide receivers positions to run out, run out for a pass. 
I have all three of those running backs on the field sometimes. Not all in a wishbone, but like mm-hmm. two guys in the backfield and one guy in the slot. I'm with you. I, I mean, you get the more depth you have at that position, the better. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Hunt? He may not play yeah. a game. So, you know, you all of a sudden you're down to one like back. Like he's still in threat. Now, is he, has he gotten his suspension full? Or is I don't he know. still like wondering? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not real sure. And I thought he served it already. Well, I thought he just gotten sentenced to it. That could be. I'm not sure. I was thinking like six or seven games yeah. this year he was going to be out. That could be. be. Out. That could but, be. Um, but Duke Johnson, why would you want to move that guy? I don't know. He's, he's a, a he, good player. He's productive, yeah. I mean, he's like a Darren Sproles, man. I, I don't understand getting rid of those people. Yeah. I would use them. I mean, I, the only reason I could see getting rid of him is, you know, he's a depth piece where maybe you can trade a piece of depth to bring in a starter somewhere else. And sure. I, that was probably their thinking, you know. Yeah, um, yeah I've got, I can see that. I know. Hey, we've got three backs here. You know, Chubb's young. He's probably pretty durable. Maybe we'll pick up our, be, grab ourselves a left guard. Uh, yeah, a and then we'll lineman. pick up a running back off of waivers after the first round of cuts, you know. Or, yeah. or we've got somebody on our on our squat or our, our practice squad. squad. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. you know, there isn't a, a huge gap in talent a lot of times between second string and fourth string, you know. Right. So, right. you know, usually the first, the biggest gap is between first and second typically, you know. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, you know, building, what do you want there? Do you want somebody at a different position or do you want, you mm-hmm. know. Depth at running back. And apparently he signed with Drew Rosenhaus, fired his current agent, and went with Drew, the guy who we know from Ter- Terrell Owens' uh, escapades and all that kind of stuff, uh, in hopes of getting a better deal. Um, I, I don't know what to think about all that. I just, you know. Well, I think I, Drew's fantastic at empowering his clients. <laughs> absolutely. I think I think Duke will get what he wants. He'll get traded. I think he will. Yeah. And, uh, boy, I Broncos, pick that guy up, man. We could use a, another receiver. That'd be, that'd be great. But, uh yeah, who knows? My guess is if they get a fourth round pick, that would be that's probably all they're, gonna, that's all they're going to get. If that, yeah, maybe less, maybe because of all the fallout. <laughs> yeah, know? had once, he not once said you know anything, you got to get rid of him. Yeah, had they not really said anything, maybe they could have gotten a second. But yeah, now they'll be lucky to get a fourth. It was like with Chris Harris and uh, Emmanuel Sanders for the Broncos. It was like they had to make nice because otherwise you're going to give them away for a song. Because people are like, well, you, you have to get rid of this guy. So I'm not paying you for him. Right. So um, real quick before we run out of time, uh, Dak Prescott, he has announced he will not be accepting a hometown discount contract. So I don't know what to think. Like, I don't think Dak is a top 10 quarterback. I think he's a lower, but I think he is a starter. I think he's a starter. He's probably more like top 20, top 25. I would say 15 to yeah, 22, yeah. probably yeah. somewhere in there. Yep. Um, I think we're all kind of in agreement on deck. I mean, I know, I know JP loves him, but <laughs> I think he's, he's between 15 and 20 as a player yeah. rating. Yeah, I agree. Which means I would want, I, I would try and keep him. It's better to have that. And then, you know, you've got a, a, a lights out running back, you know, give it a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, I would, I would definitely keep him. You don't want to have to be searching. You don't want to yeah. be searching you for a quarterback. You just have to tailor your offense, you know? That's yeah, all. exactly. But I mean, I think I agree with him about the hometown discount. I don't think I would do that as a player. I would say sign me to the big contract, and then every year I'm going to be willing to renegotiate some of that into signing bonus to lower my contract might, for you. I might do it, but I would never verbalize that <laughs> ever. I think he's just saying right off the bat, I'm not going to take a discount. I mean, I think it depends on so many factors, right? I mean, if you've been in a certain city and that's your home and you have kids, you know, and you want to see them grow up and 
consistent, you know, a consistent environment, you know, maybe that's what's super important to you and taking, you know, a million dollars less a year to stay in that city and not have to move is worth it. Right, you know, or right. maybe you're part of a team that is really close to a championship, you know, well, like and Chris Harris, he had, he had, he had been picked up as an undrafted free agent. They had made him into, he'd become a superstar. Yeah. Uh, and they had, you know, they, and they gave him a nice contract and everything. And he took a discount for that. Uh-huh. But then you look at the end of it, you're like, you know, I do kind of see why it's not a good idea because now the Broncos are like, well, you're down to your last year here. You need to play out your contract and you know, they're probably yeah, well, not going to Yeah, you. it empowers the owners again. Right. right? Which, which right. is frustrating. Which but... is why, that's why I say I do the Tom Brady route. Get the big contract, and then every year I'm happy to re- renegotiate some of my into a signing bonus instead of a salary. Yep. You can use that to sign another player, but I got my money, mm-hmm. and I would do it that way. Yeah. But I guess you got to make sure the team isn't willing to let you go. Yeah, and that's always the question. Absolutely. So we're down to about 60 seconds or so. Been a great show. That one went by quick. Yeah, it always happens quick. when you have a week off. Yeah. Uh, anything that you guys wanted to mention here in the last minute, JP? Uh, the bikinis are showing up at the pool, so that's where I'm headed. <laughs> How about you, Nate? Uh, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the second half of the baseball season, seeing kind of how the uh, the playoff scenarios play out. So yeah, I think yeah. we got a, I think we got a fun one coming, and uh, like I said, we will start uh, doing our fantasy football homework here in the next week or two. Yep, uh, we'll start jumping in those positions because it's it's really never too early because drafts are gonna uh, drafts got to happen by September 1st, right? Mm-hmm. So um, going to be a fun year. Uh, just off the top of your head, what would you guys say are the top five picks you would see in a football draft right now? Just yeah, like our fanatics draft. Let's say, but we're all in that league in, together. Any certain order? Any yeah, any top five doesn't yeah. be in order. I mean, I think you we already mentioned one McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that's Saquon tough. Mahomes in there. Mahomes probably Saquon is. Saquon Barkley, there. I agree with you. Yeah, JP. Saquon Barkley. Ezekiel maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Antonio. Antonio. Antonio Brown. Yeah. Tough to say. All right. We're down to five seconds. So everyone have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for tuning into the show. Offensive out.